Ladies and gentlemen, we are live on another episode of The Beer Phase. It's time to roll some beer and drink some dice. for another beer phase with your wannabe hosts Mark Cox Dice fucking cancer Ryan Smith If paint were battle points I'd be best general every time and Jeff Swan Softest lists and everything else in the south All right, welcome everybody. Uh, we are going to do something kind of fun today where we've got uh, some fellow podcasters on with us. Why don't you guys in- introduce yourself? <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it's uh, me, uh, Fred, from uh, the Giant Dwarf Podcast. And it's I, Lars, from the Giant Dwarf Podcast as well. Indeed. So we're uh, we're just doing kind of like a cross episode because Ryan has had some oral surgery. He took a shot in the mouth and ended up uh, <laughs> needing to get surgery My for God. it. <laughs> um, so he's not been on great talking terms. And um, I, I know uh, Mark's been super busy and I've been super busy with rules committee stuff. But Fred hit me up the other day and it's been quite a while since we did a episode so we're kind of doing one off the cuff here with with these guys because um if you don't listen to giant dwarf they're basically a lot like idiots stuff (laughs) where we (laughs) just talk about random shit and make jokes and talk about hobby and stuff like that so uh we have some kind of fun topics to go over today and uh maybe actually hit some some actual deep conversation for Kings of War and see how it works differently in different parts of the country because if you don't know, these guys are from Norway. Yep, that's right. So, uh, if you haven't listened to them before, uh, Giant Dwarf Podcast, make sure you guys check them out. So, um, without further ado, it's time for the beer phase. And even though it's 9am for me over here, I've got... (laughs) I've got my Stone Coffee Stout, which is um, a a milk stout from Stone Brewing in San Diego, California. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a really bitter um, coffee stout. Perfect for the morning (laughs) when you're talking to people that have been up all day. (laughs) Yeah, wow. You You guys got anything? Uh, Let's see. I got a, a paper cup with a double espresso. Oh, there you go. And also another paper cup with some water. <laughs> uh, we're at work, so we don't really oh, do anything crazy. But uh, at work, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much the same actually. I got, but uh, mine are empty. Both so, of them. So Lars has nothing. <laughs> it's okay. We're, Just look at your glasses half full instead of fully empty. <laughs> really failed that. Uh, beer, beer <laughs> Yeah, so, but you're, you're going at it early. That's uh, I like it. Well, yeah, you got to stay dedicated to the 
to the format, you know. So yeah. <laughs> speaking of format, we're kind of kind of doing a cross between both of our podcasts. So um, we're going to do some local news followed by global news. Globally, I'm thinking globally. Yeah. <laughs> All sure. right, you guys. You guys got some fun local news to go over. Local. Um. Yeah, let's see. Um, well, it's kind of a quiet area on the... Yeah, it's hot on the, as hell. Yeah, yeah I heard. Yeah, hot oh. as hell. Um, are your crops dead yet, Lars? They are completely dead. No way, are you? <laughs> no, they're, 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 uh, most of them just died because you know I'm too lazy to watch them. Oh, no. I play like... Uh, no more beats? Crusader Kings 2. <laughs> no, the beats are gone. <laughs> uh, Crusader oh. Kings 2, you know, for a whole weekend and, uh, you know... I got out on the Sunday, and they're all, they're all dead. Oh, you're such a half-assed farmer. <laughs> so but, potatoes are still going, I think. Yeah, potatoes are really like potatoes and onions, like the hardest things to kill. If you're if you're not able to grow those, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, you should probably focus more on those than uh, Lars. <laughs> yeah, they're a bit boring as well, aren't they? Get rid of that spinach and the beets, and uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I got rid of them, uh, and you know, I didn't intend to, but yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, otherwise, on the like Kings War related local news, there's not a lot going on. Uh, summer break. Well, we had two games like in the same week, and that's pretty huge. Yeah, but uh, I was thinking maybe we can come back to those. But yeah, we did actually play two games in one week. That mm-hmm. was uh, a very must be nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, but the most important, uh, most <laughs> exciting thing for me is uh, I got a letter from uh, Mark Zelinsky. And uh, inside were three of those uh, blaster models. Oh, nice. Yeah, I bought yeah. a blaster when I saw them at Lone Wolf. Yeah, I bought three of them for just to give out here. So I have three of those uh, countercharge awards now. Oh, really? That That's I a can, pretty cool uh, little model. Yeah, I, I was impressed with it, actually. I really liked it. And uh, also, Mark threw in some extras. He threw in a couple of dice. So I now have uh, two countercharge dice. Those things roll like garbage, man. It's a, it's a trick. It's a trick. And is the symbol on the six or the one? Uh, it's the six. Okay, then V Dog will be not happy. He will not be happy. <laughs> uh, and also some pens in there, like uh, counter charge official hmm. pens. Yeah, so I can write stuff now. I could need a pen. So, so you can hand it to that guy to get your sport vote. Here you go. Sign my name over here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, keep the pen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you give it, give me your vote. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, it's I haven't been painting a lot. I still have, I have one just one single unpainted orc in my entire army. Uh, the yeah. whole army is done. I just need to do one Godspeaker, and uh, so it's not done. No, uh, yeah, it's done apart from the one Godspeaker. He's got four <laughs> hours left, is what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, and I just haven't been able to finish it. Uh, it's been really. Uh, They're looking July good. I saw lazy. pictures the other day. You have mostly Mantic orcs, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's other than it's those toy giant much. things you had, right? Yeah, it's uh, basically all the orcs are Mantic orcs, and some of the extra parts are from other places. But yeah, yeah, um. Uh, actually, uh, that's probably why I, I got on the uh, I got on the live feed uh, in as Clash of Kings last year, and I didn't really understand why. But apparently, it's because they went around and picking Mantic armies. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Hey, okay, cool." <laughs> well, I like I like Mantic's orcs too. They're less cartoony than you know 
GW or a lot of other companies that are out there where they're just basically yeah. small ogres. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, but I got into the... I didn't really... Because I got some free uh, orcs from one of the guys there. Uh, I think it was a guy called Kim who, who's been kind of my sugar daddy when it came to orcs. Because <laughs> uh, he had a lot of orcs, but his army is just... Uh, uh, well, I was going to say GW orcs, but actually they are heavily converted, though. So, but they are kind of based on mostly GW orcs and uh, heavily converted. But he he had all these mantic orcs that he didn't really need, so he just gave them to me. So that's how I kind of got started with orcs. And after that, it was just I couldn't I couldn't do a mix because they're so different in in scale. So uh, I just stuck to the mantic ones, and I really liked them. How are you? Uh, how are you liking orcs with uh, their current setup? Uh, well, <laughs> as far as very, as far as fun and fun versus <laughs> competitive, or uh, well, I, I know you finally won a game last week, but <laughs> yeah, and I started I started a new losing streak now. <laughs> I guess me. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I feel like. Um, I mean, my my previous setup did just did not work. I didn't mm-hmm. have any hordes. I just because I wanted it to be a bit bit more fast and and flexible. So I had mostly regiments, mm-hmm. um, and it just uh, this didn't really work well. Um, so I, I now I switched to like more hordes and some godspeakish with heal. Oh yeah, and, um, it works a little bit better, but it's a little bit more boring. I think to play with godspeakers um, with drain life, man. I'm telling you. Three God speakers with drain life <laughs> within range. Woo-wee. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. It is um, nasty. Um, although I've just had bad luck with drain life, I think, because I usually always end up not seeing the target. Now like, I gotta mount uh, them. Can you mount God speakers? Oh yeah. Oh, shit! I have the wrong model. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got three more models to paint now. Now he's even God further from them. <laughs> Oh well, yeah. Well, thanks for that. I guess I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. see right over him. Yep. Can you mount it on a crusher? Yep. Uh, it's not on a crusher, but on a or a crusher. Um, uh, 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 you can put him on or, a pig. Oh, you like, like piggy, piggyback on the crusher? <laughs> put him on a nice. crusher. <laughs> put him in a backpack. He's like a he's like a little yeah. Yoda. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. No, but um. So locally here, it's not happening much. Still summer mode. Anyway, how are things with you locally, Jeff? Oh, man. it's I don't know how hot it's been for you guys, but it's been pretty hot out here this, this week, and I've been working outside, so it's been really just not fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was 110 the other day, and I was out in a hundred and twenty-five, thirty degree, you know, for eleven hours straight, because where I was at, you know, it's it's a it's a house that doesn't have any air conditioning or anything. It's made, it's like being made in sticks, and there's no like wind or breeze or anything coming through. So all the heat that hits the ceiling is just like an oven inside of there. Oh yeah, wow. it's That's bad. So great. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, but I mean, so it's, let, it's let... been hot for yeah. How how hot's it been out there for you guys? Like well, let me get my Fahrenheit to Celsius converter <laughs> I have no idea what a on my is. mobile phone. It's like a one for every five, right? It's like a degree no, for every five. No idea. <laughs> what do you even use Fahrenheit? So confusing. Yeah. Don't mock Fahrenheit, Lars. <laughs> it's, it's what they use. Just, 
Because we want to be, we want to be very precise. That's why we want to know exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah. how hard it is. So you um, say you were out in one twenty-five. Well, it was one ten, and then but inside the house it was about one twenty-five. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah. That is hot. All right. Okay. 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 <laughs> Quite a bit healthier than. Here, so. Yeah. Okay, it's now hot. let's 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 check uh, our temperature. I'll Celsius <laughs> to Fahrenheit. Let's see. Uh, like 30? I'm pretty sure it's one for yeah, every 30. three or one for every five. I can't remember. 35? 30? 30. Okay, give me a moment here. Um, <laughs> uh, well, like 90, maybe 100. Uh huh. So, oh, okay. much less than you, but I mean, that's very, that's a lot for us. <laughs> yeah, We're 90 would be to... great right now. <laughs> <laughs> but You'd yeah. kill for some of that 90. <laughs> give, me, give me some of that 90. <laughs> um yeah it's been it's been shitty but it it does this for about two weeks and then it's back to normal everybody's everybody's like oh texas is so hot and i'm like well where i'm from in california it's been 115 this week because my in-laws still live out there and they're like yeah. on a drought so uh, but yeah, we're, yeah, it's, we're, it's, we're all gonna die so let's yeah we're all gonna die soon war. global warming is not yeah. a thing <laughs> let's, just, let's just enjoy the hobby while we can yeah, so um as far as uh games and local stuff, uh we've been doing we've been doing some Dead Zone uh recently. Uh getting into Dead Zone cuz I've done the Kickstarter, you know, a while back. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd get some of this $1000 worth of Warpath and Dead Zone stuff I kickstarted out and actually start using it. Oh yeah. So it should be fun. We want to do some some games and stuff on uh, Friday nights or Saturday nights before tournaments and just, you know, it's a, it's a fun little beer and pretzels game. I don't think it's like super competitive by comparison to Kings of War, but it's definitely a fun little game. Yeah, um, cool. We were actually thinking of getting into that ourselves. Oh, it's so nice. I mean, do you, know, do you even have a clue how nice it is to pick up and paint 15 models and be done? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I can imagine. It's yeah, crazy. <clears throat> you probably heard because uh, Lars spoke earlier that he wanted um, considering some sort of sci-fi skirmish game mm-hmm. as a little mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what you called it like a uh, diversion <laughs> yeah okay, it's actually so... it's nice because I mean even my, my wife is going to start playing it stuff because it's basically just a it's really a board game it's an advanced board game yeah you know because it, it's cool. got squares and stuff so it's like not very intimidating to you know, have new players not have equipment to play the game, right? It's just like, show up, I'll throw this army at you, and you can play it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but how's it for terrain? Like, did you have some sci-fi terrain that you could Yeah, use? well, yeah, I backed the terrain kit and everything, so, like, I got I got a couple of the Kickstarter, like, biggest pledges that you could do, knowing mm-hmm. full well that I was going to, like, run a tournament and have, you know, uh, have it be, like, a Saturday night thing or something, so... Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I just got it because my local guys, it was one of those things it's like, hey, whatever army you want to play, I got all of them. Pick one, take it home, put it together, paint it. You can have mm-hmm. it. It's a zero entry. And then it gets other people interested, and you have people to play with. So, Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because uh, seems to be... Uh, I mean, I, I was considering some kind of skirmish game myself, and I was mm-hmm. looking a little bit at the new 40k kill team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I remember that uh, Lars he really hates GW, so uh, yeah, he might stab I feel me. Like, don't play it. 
you might stab me some night uh, while, I'm not, while we're playing. So I'm, I mean, <laughs> while we're playing, maybe a Mantic game is uh, safer. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty cheap to get into. The rules are, you know, pretty robust as far as like you know diversity between the different armies, and so has a lot mm-hmm. of character. It's not like oh look another Space Marine, another Space Marine, another <laughs> Space. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of more of the same. But uh, other than that, um, yeah, just hmm. getting ready to do some playtesting for Clash of Kings stuff with local, you know, local teammates and stuff. And mm-hmm. so just trying to improve the game. Yeah, nice. So, uh, and you have a local gaming club, don't you? Is, is, is there any action going on there? Yeah, so, I mean, um, uh, I've got... Well, Kevin Von Felt just moved to, um, to to Houston, but he's one of our guys. So Houston's like a four-and-a-half-hour drive for us, so it's not close at all. Oh. But uh, my other my other local guy, Jordan, we're still getting in some games. I'm uh, going to start doing some more playtesting here pretty quick. And then um, all of our other guys are in Austin, which is like... Uh, two two and a half hours or so away but you know sending them out the rules and getting some play tests going and yeah you know just get some good get some good perspective on everything but uh, i'm pretty excited for cock 19 stuff to shake it up but we won't go crazy into detail about it but it should be a good shake up yeah cool but do you do you usually travel to those guys when you play? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'll go out. I go out to Austin at least uh, three to four times a year, or so. Either whether mm-hmm. it's for work or just to hang out with those guys. And now that Kevin's in Houston, I fucking hate Houston. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like, God, is uh, this is everything I hate about everything. Like it's <laughs> it's it's hot. It's humid. It's crowded. The traffic sucks. Like everything's super spread out. Like it's just it's not mm. my jam. But you know, now that he's down there, I would I'll probably end up going down there a little bit more often to get some games in and stuff. But yeah, um, so we travel a lot in Texas, man. A lot of, like the dedicated yeah. players in Texas, like we we do a lot of travel. Uh, so it's yeah, you know, a lot we, of driving. We, we like our hobby, so <laughs> yeah, it's good. I guess you need to be able to drive around when it's so large, like the state is mm-hmm. so huge. Yeah, I mean, like our average tournament time to get to somewhere is a four-hour drive you know that's pretty normal for Mm -hmm. for everybody around here i've actually been to houston once uh and i also have it uh you excited to go back no because my experience (laughs) was like this uh let's see me and me and my friend uh, johnny we were there because we were going to visit a friend uh, who was like an an air force pilot so uh, he was training in in wichita falls i believe it's called yeah Mm mm-hmm uh, so we, but we were in Houston, and we, we were so, uh, I don't know, we were very touristy because we we got these huge cowboy hats. Oh yeah. <laughs> like the Brits wanted what? to do that too. They wanted to get these big ass foam cowboy yeah, hats. Ass <laughs> and these hats are a bit like uh, they seem to they seem to make them like according to your size. Your hat also gets bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my hat was kind of, you know, not too big, but Johnny is like two meters tall. So his hat was huge. So you could just <laughs> see us walking around with one huge white hat and one tiny white hat. And uh, all I can remember is uh, these, 
uh, homeless people like stalking us like uh, hey hey where are you from you're from Scandinavia uh, you got some money and we're like no go away oh, oh yeah there's a so lot of that a lot of that so, in Houston yeah so I just recall walking around in Houston being stressed out because people were like walking after us so mm-hmm. we like, we took like we took refuge in the McDonald's <laughs> and like okay we gotta hide out in here and then. Finally, our other friend came and picked us up, and we drove to a hotel, and we were like, oh, thank God, we're inside the hotel. We don't have to go out again. Yeah, it's it's, it's not my favorite place, that's for sure. That's, that's Houston for you. <laughs> Did yeah. you pick you guys up in a stealth uh, bomber or something? No. It, it, <laughs> did not it? No, Pilot? come on, those are way too big. It was a stealth fighter. Everybody knows that. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> it was a Chinook or something like the chopper. <laughs> All right, yeah. Like yeah. Uh, proper Vietnam style. You're just evacuating. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Fucking hate Houston. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, but uh, that was the local news, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of... Yeah, what about global? You guys got some global Globally. Global. It's global. Uh, I guess it's the international campaign day. Is the coming up? Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Coming well, up. it's um. We have yeah. We have Bayou coming up, and then the week after is that. <clears throat> but I won't be at Bayou because I'll be in Punta Cana. All right. We're, All we're, right. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Dominican Republic. It's like uh, you know Bahamas basically uh yeah. style so going with my family for a week and that just so happens to be on the same week as is uh the bayou tournament in houston so i'll okay. I'll, I'll miss houston in order yeah, to go to you'll, you'll dodge houston perfect <laughs> beautiful islands and drink <laughs> beer off of gorgeous women i mean with i mean <laughs> uh yeah so uh taking nice. the family out for that one so we'll be gone for a week doing that sounds great yeah and uh, are, do you have any planned uh, thing going on for the international campaign day? Or? Yeah, so, um, you know, Mark pretty much, uh, Mark and Chris are running it, but Mark pretty much does a majority of the um, promotion for it and trying to yeah. figure out everything. So Mark lives a mile from me, so we we will be uh, doing what we do normally and go over to his place and um, probably invite a couple more people, probably about eight, eight to ten people playing over at his yeah. place barbecuing hanging out and um going down this weekend to see some of the guys in abilene which is like an hour away probably get those guys up here to come out for campaign day as well but okay, that's cool. a fun that's a fun little event because it gets everybody just you know bringing out fun stuff that they are not serious about and just playing and having fun and remembering what the hobby's about you know yeah absolutely so um, that's actually where we picked up. I mean, that's actually where Kevin Von Felt actually learned how to play. I mean, it is his first his first couple games were National Campaign Day. Loved it so much that he got in, and now he's whole hog in it. You know? Yeah, cool. Um, I was actually thinking about that because we, of, of course, we usually uh, invite like anyone to join our tournaments, and uh, yeah, we usually post post it like publicly, like we have a Kings of War event. Uh, but I was a bit skeptical to post publicly about the International Campaign Day just because of the um, extra time crunch. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, if you if you miss the, the, the timing, the deadlines, then you really mess up uh, the chance to deliver your scores and all that. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, is like, 
no one's watching you. You can start whenever you want. You've got the scenarios ahead of time. Um, and yeah. if you don't get your score in, like, right on time, like, it, it's not, I mean, it's it's not contributing to anything, but you're still playing the game. You're still playing at the same time as everybody. You're still, you know, teaching some new people how to play. And, um, yeah. you know, That's oftentimes cool. it's, it's not down to one or two games to have the kind of swing or something, but... But okay, yeah, sure, sure. I guess it's just my OCD to uh, like a, if I have a group of people playing, then I, I need them all to finish on time. So yeah, play. but you could also you could also <laughs> just be like, hey, you know, dice down in this many minutes or whatever to give you the amount of time you need. And in in that format, yeah. people really shouldn't give a shit who won or lost. It should just be, haha, gotcha, bitch. You know what I mean? That kind of mm, stuff. So. That's true. Yeah, we do have a couple of guys who are really love the fluff aspect. Uh, uh, yeah, what... was, there was there was a quote I should remember it. It was Eirik, uh, one of our regular players. He's really like uh, into the like thematic, you know, thematic armies and fluff yeah. and story, mm-hmm. backstory and all that. He's and a bit then... of an asshole as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> well, he's not. Nah. Um, and uh, I, uh, yeah, I think this was the campaign day like two years ago, and um, and uh, I just sort of read the mission, like, okay, we're gonna play this and that, uh, and he was like, read the backstory, <laughs> and uh, I, oh, okay, oh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll read the backstory, and there was this this small piece, you know, like. Uh, they arrive in the glade to find their camp has been ambushed and all, some stuff like that. And I read the whole thing, and I was like, "Yes, nerd boner." <laughs> and then we, and then we started to play. <laughs> I think it adds a lot of fun, fun flavor to it and stuff. But I mean, even yeah. like Mark said, he's you know he'll tell you you don't have to use all the special rules. Like some people are like, Oh, I'm so competitive and stuff. And they're showing up to play. I mean, this is not a competitive, you know, event. It's supposed Mm. to be just for fun, but you use all or some or none of what it is. And you just play games and record them. You know, it's, it's, you don't have to play the, Oh, you've got a thousand points and I've got 4,000 points. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to do that kind of stuff, but Mm. yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's gonna be fun at least, and uh, I, I like the whole uh, feeling of being like connected with the games, seeing sure. how it goes. Uh, and um, yeah, it's nice. Do, Sometimes do you... we'll just start a Skype session where we've got a couple of the locations going, so a location leader will Skype in, and you get like eight different locations all talking at the same time, and you, know, <laughs> you get the leader and everybody just you know razzing each other. So nice. Yeah, I guess that's the. Up and coming global news. Yeah, my favorite part is I have my my fourteen year old daughter pick my army ahead of time just by like, what models do you like? Okay, well th- that's not legal. <laughs> Can you pick one of these five other ones to add into that? Okay, now it's legal. Sweet, that's what I'm playing. <laughs> so, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going really soft. Yeah, it's soft fun. approach. Oh, one of them was one of them was great. One time, I ended up playing with a regiment of succubi in three packs of dogs and uh, no inspiring in my army. <laughs> so that was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of um, Thomas uh, B. A. He once made a random list, um, so he just rolled dice until the list was was full, 
Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> so I he, might have to do that. Dwarfs, I think. Yeah, he had a dwarf list and he assigned the number to each unit and he rolled like a d20. And just uh, and take like your unlockable units, and then you just okay. I need this many unlockable units. Okay, now we'll use the like, the special units and roll for it. Yeah, I, cool. I, I assume it was legal. Yeah, and but he ended up with like uh, two stone priests and, uh, and no earth, and, and, <laughs> no, yeah, and nothing to search. <laughs> so yeah, but, but those did, dudes yeah. killed the shit out of everything with their two attacks. They <laughs> route, they routed the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah cool man sweet so you guys got some other entertainment um yeah or uh, maybe we do like uh, any Lars have you seen any cool series or movies or stuff lately movies I have seen movies which one have I seen Oh yeah. Are you uh, asking him what movie you've seen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always uh, tell Fred about the movies I see. So <laughs> I used to know. <laughs> I watched. Uh, fuck! What did I watch? I watched something terrible. This was an actual yeah. movie. Anaconda. Oh, oh god! Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> the yeah, bad guy a terrible in that movie, movie is amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean that movie could have been it, it could have been so uh, like a, it could have been a good movie if they had just ignored the Anaconda thing. It could have been just been about about the bad guy, <laughs> right? He's, he's so amazing, you yeah. know. They didn't need, really need that big uh, snake eating everyone. Been, yeah, could, they could have just that. they could have just put the snake on a plane and called it a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a good one, man. <laughs> Uh, I've uh, watched a lot of uh, UFC lately, actually, <laughs> UFC, like yeah. MMA fighting. <laughs> and uh, this is where I've never, I've never been interested at all in that. Uh, but then two of our friends started a um, like UFC podcast. And, okay. Uh, so we, I, was, I, we were I thought like, you were going to be like a, a UFC in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Because oh, of the cool. drought, everybody's fighting for water. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, and it's, it's uh, like a Norwegian language one. I, I assumed it would be in English, but it wasn't. It was a Norwegian podcast called like Fight Night Oslo. So yeah. uh, I was like, yeah, I have to check it out because, you know, I, bo- I know both of these guys and it's cool to hear them. And I, just by ha- having them all in the background, like talking about the UFC, I, I couldn't help myself from checking it out. And, and now I've been just sitting watching these like top twenty-five fights um, <laughs> on like uh, this channel who had this uh, compilation of the twenty-five greatest fights the, uh, over the years or something. And uh, I've been I got them really hooked. <laughs> They've been more aggressive as well. Yeah, I've been <laughs> really uh, ready to fight. And now I finally now I get all those. Um, now I finally get get it, uh, Jeff. The, the intro that Brian does, the, the it's time. No. Oh, now you get it. <laughs> now I get it. I never seen that. Yeah, I didn't even know where that was. I knew it was from like something about fighting. Michael but Buffer, I didn't know yeah. it was like UFC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they would do it in they would do it in like uh, wrestling too. Back in the day, like WWF, you know, style okay. stuff for main yeah. main events and stuff. It's time for it's the main event. Time. Yeah, so then that's cool. That's pretty much uh, me. Yeah. So, do you find yourself actually trying to fight the fires now? 
<laughs> Come on, you're fine. No. Come here, guy. Yeah, I'll show you. Uh, ooh, Put your dukes the... up. I got fucking no dukes. <laughs> uh, and we, uh, Lars, we had actually had a. Uh, oh, we 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 promised we would never play League of Legends again. Yeah, oh, we did. True. We started you guys are again. Big league. It, ha- has it changed like a shit ton from I used I used to be like ridiculous into that before <laughs> bef- before I got saved by yeah. going going back to doing uh, <laughs> you know Kings of War. So yeah, you you made it out. It's pretty much the same. It's a More hole, heroes. man. Play there's a black pit where you can lose so much of your life. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's horrible. And uh, it was uh, our friend Jens who suddenly was like, yeah, I got a new laptop, so I'm going to start playing League of Legends. And, uh, oh, by the way, you guys uh, play some League of Legends, don't you? And we were like, <laughs> yes. See, that's uh, the thing. is like you, It's a way to hang out with your friends that aren't like local to you, and yeah. then you end up playing it, and you already like playing competitive gaming and yeah. PvP, so it's like, oh, I don't have to level up a character and do all this shit i can just go straight to the action and, and yeah. it's 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 really bad because you'll you'll start playing it in the morning and then you'll look at the clock and it's been 11 hours right like yeah, <laughs> yeah i know it's such a yeah it's like it's, it's like a time stealer it's crazy oh, it's terrible. That's bad. and uh, and i try to restrict myself like i'll only play if, if lars and jens are also on mm-hmm. make it like a social thing yeah of course that goes sideways and eventually i'm sitting there alone playing to get better uh, <laughs> losing every time losing every fucking game <laughs> and uh, being playing call a noob uh, <laughs> some guys telling me things in, uh, delete the game seriously <laughs> isn't it isn't it ridiculous the difference in attitude and uh you know the way that people talk on playing a a <laughs> video game as opposed to when you're in person playing a a tabletop game with people, like it just oh, yeah. <laughs> it, you get such a different person, honest. Like, cause no true. one would ever say that kind of shit to your face because you would destroy <laughs> oh, <yeah>. them. <laughs> you know? Like yeah. in a doubles, you just rip into your teammate. Fucking no, fucking. Playing a doubles you tournament, you're just like, what are you even doing with your life? You're supposed <laughs> to be jungling, man. God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then. Uh... You try to swallow it, like, and write something not, like, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit rusty, be nice. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. try to swallow that, te- the, that the tear. <laughs> no, you yeah. don't ever so look at your partner a... when you're playing King's War and be like, Leroy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we got out of that again, so... Uh, yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't that bad, actually. We were only, like, for a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, yeah. Uh, it was like right. It was in like May, June, so it was l- yeah. r- right before like midsummer. So yeah. I guess we got saved from it just being summer. If this had been winter, we would we would have been. Yeah. Deep I know that's the... what I was gonna say. For winter, it seems like mm-hmm. something that you guys could have it just be a winter thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but know? we usually did, but <laughs> we slipped. We slipped up, and uh, yeah. yeah, never again. Uh, we'll see. This new patch is uh, looking good. <laughs> this <a> new patch is <laughs> looking pretty good. Yeah. Other than that, uh, uh, you watched some uh, documentaries, didn't you, Lars? Yeah, I've been um, been insane on documentaries. Yeah, skateboarding and yeah. <laughs> skateboarding, UFC actually as well. Uh, which was, uh, took <laughs> oh yeah, oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, you watched. Uh, you had some news to me about the about Billy Mitchell. 
Yeah, I don't know if people know who Billy Mitchell is, but uh, he's the biggest asshole in like uh, King Kong gaming, I guess. <laughs> King Kong gaming. <laughs> yeah, that's that huge subgroup of people. Oh, he's such an <laughs> amazing asshole, and he, he's 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 the biggest asshole alive. But uh, justice at last for us haters, uh, Billy Mitchell haters, because he was caught <laughs> cheating, and so all his records have been uh, scratched from the records. You know, now he holds no records at all in uh, uh, King, uh, King Kong or any other uh, old game. It's basically, you, you could see Billy Mitchell if you watched the King of Kong documentary. Yeah, watch the King of Kong uh, documentary. It's, it's so good and you can see Billy Mitchell at his best. Is this a, is this a Netflix thing? I don't, I think it's on YouTube. Uh, okay. Uh, that, that's what I watched it last anyway, like a bad uh, resolution, but but yeah, he's, um, he's he's a bit of an idiot and an asshole, and mm. he's full of himself. He has a huge ego, and it's just it's just hilarious to watch. <laughs> and and uh, it's, the thing is, people say like, yeah, but he was framed by that documentary. But he really wasn't because the things he say. I mean, even if you even if I mean, you, you don't even have to take it out of context because the things he says. It's just hilariously stupid and arrogant and so bad. <laughs> it sounds Amazing. like a public figure I've heard of. <laughs> Fred? I think, he, I think he's, no, no, I think he's, he's the president of somebody's country. Uh, I don't yeah, know who would ever elect also... that kind of an asshole <laughs> yeah, to I represent their country. For him, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. News. Of course, now that he was caught cheating, he's, uh, he's doing... Uh, yeah, he's, he's doing like the president and just uh, denying everything and uh, until know, facts just, come up and then he's yeah, like denies he the facts false realities, yeah. <laughs> fake news fake news <laughs> I am the king nice. of Kong <laughs> um, so uh, Jeff a little technical question um, sure because when 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 your end is silent for a while it uh, this static just grows in, in oh uh, yeah yours was doing that too yeah <laughs> okay, but do you I, think that gets on the recording? Uh, only if only if it's on my side. So, like, okay. since I'm recording, I don't hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I don't yeah. hear I don't hear the static come up. Your guys's does the same thing too. But really, okay. uh, as long as you just say everything like something once every ten to fifteen seconds, it's fine. Oh yeah, hmm. it's a bit shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's why some people use the push to talk stuff if they're using open mic or whatever. So, oh fuck, yeah, it's not a big deal. Okay, we'll just, just say stuff uh, every all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'll go like, uh huh. I uh, put on a timer. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then. <laughs> and then. <laughs> cool. Yeah, my my other stuff for entertainment was it's freaking Shark Week. <laughs> do, what? do you guys not what have is, Shark Week over no, there? Wh- what is that? I, we don't have sharks. Oh <laughs> my god! You just don't, do you ride them? I feel I feel so bad for you. Do you not have Discovery Channel? Oh yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I remember Shark Week from. Discovery okay, Channel, yeah. But, so um, uh, you yeah. know, my my army, my my Trident Realm army is themed around sharks. Man, I love sharks. So it's Shark Week, and you brought up UFC, and Ronda Rousey was just diving with some sharks. So uh, okay, I figured I figured that was a good lead-in from UFC fighting. So, but is this actually something that? Uh... Does this kind of bleed into all cultures in during Shark Week, or is it just you who are very obsessed with Shark Week? 
<laughs> uh, well, it, it's a big, it's a big uh, United States thing. It's like on every, like they, they advertise the shit out of it. It's one week a year, and they do all this video documentary. I don't know. I would think that you guys would know about it since they do so much, uh, so much shit off of uh, off the coast, and then they go down to. Um, well, I mean, they're also over in uh, Australia and Norway and stuff like that, and um, New Zealand oh, yeah. and. All that kind of shit. So I mean, that's where they huh. do like most of the vid- most of the um 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 uh most of the people re- doing doing the actual um, recording and stuff are not American at all. <laughs> like there, there's oh, yeah. like, there's maybe like three or four scientists that are American. <laughs> so. Shark Week. Okay, but the, this it, that's this week. Yeah, so every every right, night well. they have like four different they have like four hours of these different documentaries about sharks and different you know discoveries that they've done in the past year. And... So so we should do something or get dressed up as sharks or we need to we need to celebrate this in a way, right? Yeah. yeah? Okay. <laughs> so let's try we, that. We need to get a pet shark, I guess. Pet shark, yeah, a tiny one. Yeah, we do have so, a pet seagull outside the window and uh, yeah, in the office. Is, yeah. we just feed that to a shark. Yeah. <laughs> feed it, feed or, it some, feed it some uh, bread with Alka Seltzer on it. Watch it go. Yeah. So I guess that would be my other for entertainment. Um, then you guys have a fun segment you generally do, which is called a dwarf fact. Oh yeah, yeah. That's where we actually transition from uh, just talking about the random stuff and over to talking about Kings of War. Yeah, and this is the the turning point for that. I don't know if Lars uh, has any dwarf facts uh, ready I, for us. I but... do, I do. I, I met a lot of them um, during my holiday, <laughs> so I'm trying to pick up pick up the right Let's one. Hope it's it's as dry as usual. They never dry. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. As always, but it I've has been, to do with some mines and the firstborn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be. Might be. <laughs> did, it, did it catch you there? Something wrong? Something like that. <laughs> so dwarfs, you know, they're very conservative in every way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and when something new is introduced on, you know, not on the market because they don't really have a market, I think. Uh, but you know, in in the world of the dwarves, when something new comes along, you know, there's always the council of the longbeards or something similar. You know, the elder, the elder in the uh, in the clan, they go together and and, uh, and vote if this is is this a kosher or or no. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when the coffee when coffee was introduced to the the realm of the dwarves. <laughs> you know uh, the the guy introducing it. He knew that this would never this would never pass. You know, too too radical. Yeah, it's too radical. <laughs> Way too radical. It wasn't even uh, you know, you know it's it was like, exotic and all that bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so foreign. yeah, yeah, foreign <laughs> and uh, too much human, uh, I guess. Uh, so he had to lie. He made a lie, and instead it was actually a grind up stone. Uh, the coffee was. <laughs> So he, he lied about that, and uh, then it was, of course, the, the council uh, liked that. They liked the rocks and stone and stuff. So mm-hmm. They uh, so they accepted it. So they uh, so the coffee was introduced, you know, uh, by the approval of the council of Longbeards. And uh, of course, it was later everyone found out that it, the coffee was not made of rock, you know, after all. Uh, but now, but they're all addicted. So, you know, <laughs> even though. 
the, the whole council of the lone bears, they know it's not rocks, you know, but they can't go back now because they are probably the most addicted of all of them, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, nice that's, um, that's how coffee was introduced and uh, why I had to lie and why it's still accepted in the dwarf so room. Coffee is still a thing. Still a thing for dwarves, <laughs> even though everyone, no one's allowed or no one, no one says that it's not rocks. But then the, the whole illusion would be shattered. And <laughs> so officially, coffee. they're drinking like uh, grind, grinded rocks. No, they're drinking coffee, but they pretend. They oh oh so it's it's officially they they know it's they know it's not, but yeah, <laughs> but they but they're uh, gonna keep on as, they're gonna keep yeah. on fake newsing it. Yeah, as, <laughs> as long as no one says the you know fact the, about it, then uh, yeah, they're safe. Nice. I wonder how it uh, goes if some some visitor uh, comes to visit and they're like, "Would you like some uh, ground rock?" Uh, <laughs> and they're like, "Ah, I don't know." And then they see it's like a brown liquid and like, "Oh, that's coffee." No, no, it's not. It's <laughs> the get him. <laughs> yeah, I guess plenty of traders have been killed. You know, for... trader or trader. Microphone activated. Well, I guess that's the same thing, really, yeah. when it comes to. If a trader comes with coffee, then he would be a trader, wouldn't he? Well, they have to get the coffee from somewhere, but that's what <laughs> you just have to keep their. That, they just have to keep their mouth shut as well. Yeah, you know. I liked it. It's like a collective uh, illusion. Uh, yeah, selective. Uh, what would you call that? It's proper 1984. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what right, do you call cool. it? Double speak now. Like uh, when a. What do you call that one? Like a lie becomes a fact, kind of thing. From mm, 1984, the novel. I can't record it. I thought the dwarves were like very. Uh, I mean, this is a bit of a chink in the armor for their integrity, isn't it? Yeah, but you have to remember they are very conservative, you know. So this would never have passed if they knew the truth that they were lied to. And but now they're too late because they're addicted. Mm-hmm. They're also very, you know, as, just as they can be addicted to gold. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with uh, caffeine. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. The shows dwarves are. They're not not as um, perfect as we thought they were. No, 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 not, not very perfect at all. I mean, they have plenty of weaknesses, but not in the physical uh, sense. You know, when it comes to, they can, they can take a bullet easily. Yeah, uh, they just have like an addictive personality. I yeah, guess. yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, nice one. So, did you write that down, Jeff? Uh, I I've got it recorded, so I can listen to it over and over. That's <laughs> <laughs> <I see> it. <laughs> cool. Uh, basically, so, what I heard is they're they're addicts. Yeah, it surprised me a bit. I thought they were like well, coffee addicts. Stone. I thought they were very yeah dedicated. Stone-hearted. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Lars knows better than us, so yeah, I guess that... we'll just have to yeah. take his word for it. Yeah. He was probably down in the in the mines or the archives <laughs> to, to check this out. Well, the best part of waking up is a little stone in your cup, is what I was told. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Uh, cool. Sweet. And uh, with that, I guess we transition into the the actual hobby-related uh, stuff. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I guess, do you think people want to hear about Kings of War? I don't know, maybe. I think we could just not. call it there. Just I mean, skip I think, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. what they, well, they, they already got what they tuned in for. I can probably yeah. speak some, we can speak some more about the King Kong documentaries. Uh, <laughs> we can probably go on for, uh, for a bit. Oh, just to get you angry. Guys, we need a bumper to share with you the Mantic Podcast. No swearing allowed. Oh, real professional. 
The Fourth of Snake is a UK-based Kings of War podcast, presented by John. I want to be an individual. Dan. Nick. Can I go to the toilet, please? And Matt. You can find us on Facebook at OFFS and on Twitter at O4FootSnake. And you can find us on iTunes. That's 32 points of damage. Let's do a nerve check. Anything but snake eyes. Oh, for fuck. So you guys had some games recently. Uh, Multiple yeah. within one week. Believe it uh, or not. With pictures to prove it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, we uh, and uh, even before that, I had uh, even made a small battle report with uh, our friend V-Dog mm. and, uh, and Thomas you. B.A., so, uh, posted that up on YouTube, um, uh, and uh, yeah, I didn't play. I just spectated really and, and made the video. I guess someone had to hold the camera. I guess. Yeah, because usually when we do it, uh, you know, we have to take turns holding the camera. It's a bit of a yeah, of a like a ball leg to make a video yeah. battery for there. So much work. <laughs> and your camera work is uh, not great. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well. <laughs> it's best if I just do the whole thing. <laughs> no, he wants to get cool. all the right angles for the money shot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's on YouTube. You can go there and check it out. Uh, uh, but we also played a couple of games. Uh, I actually took notes because my memory is uh, notoriously bad when it comes to remembering uh, stuff. Um, <laughs> My memory's bad when it, beca- when it comes to remembering stuff. It has other good... No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like details. Uh, like I can never recall like like what, what which scenario we played or like, uh, uh, no. yeah, what happened during the game. I, I'm blank. Don't uh, worry, when it comes to remembering things, my memory is ace. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll rely on you for these... Uh, <laughs> I have some notes though. I think I think Fred's yeah. number one like phrase that he says during your podcast is "Oh yeah," <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah, like I didn't remember. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I'm good with like big. Uh, I remember the big things and uh, not so great with the details, like the penis, like the penis. <laughs> Okay, so we, we had our first game, uh, it was last Wednesday, I think, and uh, we played then the My Orcs versus Lars's Goblins. Combat Goblins, yeah. Combat Self-nerfed. nerfed <laughs> And uh, for those who are interested, we played the map number six. <laughs> you wrote that? Yeah, map. <laughs> Did you use the yeah. generator? There's a really cool website that'll give you a map generator. Yeah, we found yeah. refer you to it. Time, yeah. Yeah, send me a link for that in the, in the show notes. We'll have a show notes yeah, with uh, lots of links to that page. And uh, we used it with a double length obstacles, which is a recent uh, brainchild of mine uh, to just in- increase the amount of like obstacles. So, mm-hmm. to, um, so we it's just to put like two pieces of obst- obstacle because there's usually just one like one length. So just double yeah. up on that, so it becomes like uh, I would say like eight. Eight to ten inches uh, when those fences. Yeah, in our club, yeah. Those. Yeah, so they just cover up a bigger part of the table. Um, I think I obstacles see... are pivotable or are, are pivotal pieces because you yeah. really do need them. And I'm I'm a fan of like 
three obstacles per table or something like that, but having like maybe mm-hmm. smaller ones that are like five or six inches or even like a couple that are five or six inches and then one that's only like two or three inches, but you place it somewhere like strategic where you can force people to come through it, you know? Yeah, because that was um, that was my first thought that I wanted this 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 little house rule that after you generate the map, then each player gets an extra obstacle. Yeah, that's basically uh, so that, what we do. Okay, cool. Because um, we tried that for a little bit, but it was easy just for me when I placed the map to just say ah, it's double length obstacle. So because not everyone, not not believe it or not, not everyone loves my house rules all the time. <laughs> so, Weird. Um, That's true. I got less uh, resistance when I just uh, I'll place double length obstacles instead of forcing them to place an extra one, kind of. Nice. Um, and what I also did is I made these. Uh, Little cards like uh, this this Magic the Gathering card generator. Oh right, you yeah. Can get and because uh, what we're trying to do is to uh, slightly, you know how many people are always saying that shooting is too good, um, and it seems like wh- whatever you do to make shooting worse, it's always someone who thinks it's still too good. Um, Which is surprising to me. Like I just don't. I mean, I I, I see that yeah. said often. But we really don't see it win anything. Like, it'll win Mm. a game. It'll win two games. But it doesn't win tournaments out here. Uh, But, I mean, obviously not everything is a tournament. But we... It's just funny because everybody was just like, oh, Masters this year, this last year. It was like, oh, everybody's going to see so much shooting and stuff. And the people that brought the shooting lists didn't do Mm -hmm. great. Like uh, they did, they they won they won their games and they ran in their kryptonite and got stomped. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's not that dominating here either. It's just but, easy, um, right? Like it's just like sit back, throw dice at people, and it's less yeah, thought I guess process. It's, it's more the sitting back part. I think that that uh, I just wanted to to address a little bit. So mm-hmm. so these cards that I made, um, they are like. Uh, Let's say one of the forests gets uh, well. We we randomize and we and uh, choose a forest and then roll the dice and then it's two cards and and one of the cards is it makes the poison like uh, poisonous or like toxic fumes it's called uh, and uh, what happens is uh, um, well you get minus one to hit if you're shooting out of the forest mm-hmm. so it's it's like okay you can be in the forest. And shoot, but you'll you'll be minus one to hit if you stay there. Well, I think you'll you'll be pleasantly surprised with some of the new stuff coming coming for coming for next year. Okay, cool. Um, We'll get back to that later, maybe. (laughs) But and and the other card is I called it like a serpent bite or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, serpent pit? Yeah, serp- was it? Uh, serpent like burrow or burrow? something. <laughs> it, anyway, it's it's like it, if a unit uh, is con- uh, touching, at, uh, like uh, just touching the forest uh, at the end of its move phase, uh, it it suffers d6 hits, like on their own defense. So you can stand in that forest with your shooters and shoot out, but for every oh. turn you stay there, you will you will take some small hits and. Most shooters are like defense three, so they will take more damage uh, on average compared mm-hmm. to like a fighting unit. Um, so we use these cards, and uh, and it was usually me who got the, the the tail end of the of the bargain 
because mm-hmm. uh, Lars doesn't have any shooting uh, oh. a couple of lightning bolts. But I had, I and had your arcs old... just were just crazy, just drenched in, in shooting attacks, right? No, I have my, <laughs> new, my brand new ogre allies. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, so in my, I had this, this troop, no, reg, regiment is called, the, small, the, the three ogre shooters. Um, I was deploying them and I was like, okay, I know the forest has like poison snakes in it, but it's still such a good uh, like advantageous position. So I, I still want to put them in there because they have a good view and they ignore the forest when they're in it and all that. So I still put them in, but I think they accumulated like six damage. Uh, you were something. saying it was D three hits, and then you had to roll the wound. Yeah, D six hits. Okay, D six. And, okay. and then you roll to wound to damage on the roll on the defense. So <laughs> something average, you could have maybe get... done there is like have it be um, uh, uh, if you don't move when you're in the forest, like like if you're just gonna stand there, yeah. then you could take those hits. But if you if you issue a move command, you know, it's still minus yeah, one to hit. That you know? could be a could be a tweak, yeah. So in any case, these guys over time got so damaged that I actually ran them out. I decided to charge them out because they were approaching a critical like six or seven damage. Uh, fucking that's snakes! Get yeah, these snakes, snakes off these motherfucking <laughs> ogres! <laughs> like Indiana Jones worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so that was really cool. It, it made me think like I want to stand here and shoot, but I'm plunking like one damage every turn. And if I got unlucky, I got like two damage. I was like, oh fuck it, I'm going out. I'm charging out. <laughs> Luckily, of you realized that ogres. <laughs> are pretty good at fighting even though they shoot (laughs) Lars is sitting there laughing because you're shooting his goblins and he doesn't care and and you're doing more damage to yourself by staying in the forest yeah it was very yeah he didn't really uh, suffer any which is me but uh, it wasn't too overpowered but I like this sort of um, because I I know some of my local players too they really love these sort of card effects and but they they need it to be very visual so if you have a card that it's it's not too advanced and it sucks like in clear writing what it does then they they really like it but if it becomes like very convoluted and weird then then it becomes a negative yeah, I just think um, you need a point of reference to remind you that so people don't like, oh, well, I didn't realize that it did this or I wouldn't have done it, you know? Mm-hmm, so, exactly. yeah, that's that's part of having magical terrain and everything. And that's, yeah. you know, part of the good and bad. I think it's fun because it adds a little bit more, you know, fluff to the table and, you know, maybe some positive or negative effects for, you know, going mm-hmm. to a certain side of the table. Maybe it can, you know change your deployment you know so indeed and also um we made a, a couple of other cards so it doesn't affect the terrain in itself but uh, mm-hmm. uh you, you you roll up there are two cards that are made and each player just rolls off to see which of those two cards they get uh, and one of it is called witch's curse which you basically space this is after deployment by the way uh you place it on any unit like en- on, on the enemy unit and that unit uh, suffers the curse or wh- whatever, mm-hmm. and they can't they can't do anything during turn one. Okay. So they they kind of uh, I don't know they get the shits or something. Uh, and <laughs> they can't they all can't have shoot. to go to the outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot to go to the bathroom before getting to the yeah. field. Because <laughs> I had a I had a similar card like back in the days uh, in the old game, but there they had rules for like reinforcements. Yeah, re- so late ca- deployment. Yeah. yeah, the card basically said choose one unit that gets sent out into like reinforcements. Right. But here I was like, yeah, I'll just have to make it not do anything. So um, uh, Lars played that card on my boomer horde. 
in oh. this game. <laughs> oh, so I was dick. like, fuck, they're standing there, <laughs> wanted to go and shoot, and they just couldn't move all first turn. Uh, but it still didn't feel too bad because they didn't get injured or anything. They just kind of stood there. So starting from my turn two, then they automatically are back like full effect. And, and then I started the game. It was just a small setback sort yeah. of. Um, and uh, That's pretty that's... common out here. We always have like our own house-made uh, um, scenarios usually in the South. So we yeah. always you always show up to a different tournament, and every tournament's got completely different scenarios with some random stuff in it. And mm. we like it because, honestly, we only play out of the book – for when we travel to other regions or for masters and that's pretty much it but it gets you to think outside the box and makes you a better player because you're constantly having to adapt to these new scenarios and Mm -hmm. you know you have to bring an army that will be able to survive and do well within those scenarios so no matter what you bring even if it's a really crazy kill army it may not mean shit you know yeah exactly so the, the ability to punish them if they have like one super unit or something you can just sort of say ah well you brought the super unit but it's gonna basically not do anything you you can't move or anything so it gets a little bit hampered Mm -hmm. Uh, and the other card which is the last of those two is called broken artifact which is uh, kind of what it says Uh, you temporarily just like break an artifact an enemy enemy artifact um so Which didn't mine... do shit because Lars didn't take any artifacts. <laughs> well, here's the thing, because uh, he did use the inspiring artifact. Oh, that's true. I have a... So what happened was, I, I used my card on, on his inspiring dude. Uh, was uh, his... Whiz with the... Um, yeah. What's it called? Inspiring Talisman? So Whiz with the Inspiring Talisman. So I broke that, and the rules is like, it's broken for the first turn, but starting from turn two, you can roll a dice, and on the four plus, it comes back. Uh, but what happened is I... Uh, I uh, I really focus my shooting on a troll regiment nearest uh, to that inspiring wizard, ah, and nice. um, and the Lars had had a little bad luck in getting back like back activated. I think you failed at least once, so yeah. it didn't come back until like turn three or something. Yeah. And uh, so in turn two, I had uh, some damage on your trolls, and I rolled an eleven, mm. and I was like, "Ha! Ah, they're they're routed." But then uh, Love's like, no, inspiring. But then I pointed to like the card and said, no, nah, it's broken. It's broken. <laughs> but what happened was, you know, he was like, oh, shit. And then he noticed he had this sort of flag it. Yeah, I had moved him in there for some reason. It was very weird. I don't understand why I had my two inspiring next yeah. to each other. He had his flag it there and he didn't mean to. So he like... He saved him on accident. Yeah, he saved him. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so it, it actually worked kind of. You know, I, I broke his inspiring, focuses my shooting and it got routed on an 11 but I, I had to re-roll it thanks to this other goblin. So uh, they survived anyway. So... But it was cool that it could like theoretically work. Yeah. Um, but that, did you remember? How Meanwhile, the game, uh... Lars broke your brew of sharpness, and <laughs> um, I don't have a lot of items either. Brew of, I think you broke my brew of speed. That was uh, no, that was the next game, wasn't it? Because the we only got one of these each. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Of course, this game you yeah you stopped my boomers yeah. from moving. Yeah. Boomers. But uh, do, do do you remember? Something from the game? Did you? Who won it? I won, of course. Of course, yeah. No. <laughs> it's usual. That's all I remember. That's all yeah. I need to remember. <laughs> well, at least I got all this stuff 
we kind of played it to test no. these cards and stuff. Yeah, I think uh, the it was a funny way that the um, the snakes borrow, snake borrow or mm-hmm. whatever. And that was kind of funny because you made it as like an anti-shooting deployment thing. Yeah. But it had a lot of, because we ended up fighting in that forest. I think. So it actually had a He's lot like, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a roadblock in front of your shooting unit to force to stay yeah. in there. But I think that's what you did because yeah. when I charged you, so I was still in the forest. When I bounced back, I was, yeah. I was in the forest, but you kind of parked on the outside. So I was counter charging still, and, and then you know it's the rule set: end of the move phase, you take damage. So I, I declare a counter charge. End of the move phase, I take damage, and then that is. <laughs> yeah, it's like you just held me in a burning house or like, a, like get a, back in there. Yeah, <laughs> but that was pretty cool. But did you mention that it was some hill cards as well? There were. I just thought I wouldn't uh, use too much time. Yeah, I also made a card called a Scree Slope, which I think was actually a terrain from from the old olden days. Um, so that's a hill, and yeah, the hill makes you hindered basically if you touch it. It was funny okay. because you also made a card that just said normal normal hill. Yeah, and I made the normal hill. Card. And that was the first <laughs> card you showed me. Yeah. Even, look at this. What, uh, what am I looking at? Look at like a normal yeah. hill. Of... Look at these cards I made, Lars. And he's like, what the fuck's this normal hill? Shaking <laughs> it up. <laughs> well, to be fair, there was a change even on the normal hill. And that was that uh, it said units on this hill do not ignore uh, troops which are equal or lower height than the hill for ignoring uh, cover. I kind of wrote in that I didn't want the sh- you know the shooting platform rule. So it's really more just a mound? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, so I had that in there. But yeah, Lars won this game and thereby started my new losing streak. Yeah, kickstarted that. Yeah, so one in the streak. And then we played again uh, last Friday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. We played map number 20. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> this time, no double... obstacles. Yeah, <laughs> we played the double obstacles, and we played the special cards, and this mm-hmm. time uh, you broke my Brew of Haste. Yeah, on the Gore Riders. Right? Yeah, so they have a... It really, it's, it wasn't that important, of course, because you have speed 10 in your... Silly yeah. calorie, but had to break something. It, it breaking the speed, the brew of haste can also be kind of critical in those first couple of rounds when you're trying to get like, you know, let's say if you face equal speed cavalry and your brew of haste was the was the thing giving you the edge, like your nine versus eight or something, mm. and you break that, it's like oh shit, I need to get it back on so I can like outpace the enemy unit. Uh, but it didn't really matter much, and I broke your inspiring talisman again, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but she didn't do anything. And once again, the cl- the forest closest to me became this damage dealing forest. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we had an epic moment in that game as well. Turn one. Oh, my turn fuck. one. Yeah. Can we? Yeah, let's just do largest epic moment right now. <laughs> but, but I'm not sure if I want to tell it because it actually it, it kind, of, kind of shatters the illusion that I have combat goblins. Because I actually oh, yeah. had a little bit of shooting in my combat. Oh, minuscule, <laughs> the tiniest, the tiniest amount of shooting. The war bow of Kaba destroyed a unit. <laughs> I did. Oh, I don't have that one actually. 
I but, did see Andy Ransom. He shamed you a bit. Yeah, because uh, he him, said like yeah. I have combat goblins, and you were like, "Yeah, combat goblins for life." <laughs> and he said, "No, no, this is zero shooting." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, I have like two whiz and a and a sniff." A triple sniffs, and that's it. <laughs> but yeah, just tell it. It's uh, yeah. I mean, we all know you prefer combat goblins. Yeah. So, so but I have a little bit of shooting, uh, which is uh, mostly for fun. Um, and this troop of, of sniffs, they're just uh, they're just running up there and just you know I was thinking just I just gonna I just shoot at something because they never do anything they never they never manage to hit you know anything so <laughs> just I just roll the dice I always do. And, uh, but you did say like for fun I'm gonna one shot your boomer horde. Yeah, so I, so I target the boomer horde with the troop of sniffs. We like, both laughed like yeah yeah like that's gonna yeah, happen. Like seven attacks hitting on fives. Yeah. So I roll, and uh, I think I like I hit on all of them, or uh, or like maybe pretty much, uh, yeah, almost all of them. And then I wound on like I take like five wounds or something. Yeah. <laughs> so like seven out of se- I think it was like a hundred percent hit. Yeah. And then you did like a seventy percent damage. <laughs> yeah. And then I rolled a um, lightning bolt. Uh, yeah, and I also had a lightning bolt, and th- that one did well as well. You did a couple of wounds, yeah. yeah. Just, and then we were looking at like, oh my god, you just need like. Uh, um... yeah, it wasn't that amazing, was it? I only took away like five wounds, I think, total. It can't be more than that. I think I think but you I made mine, seven uh... damage. Yeah. With, between oh, yeah. those, and I was like, oh shit! Well, they they don't have inspired because they're you know they're they're allies. Yeah, yeah. So well, if you roll a you know a ten, then they're gone. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a ten. I can't recall, but I think it's a ten or something like that. And yeah. of course, it gets it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So and I, I was like, shit! <laughs> remove that horde of boomers, per- turn one. Turn one, and, and I hadn't had my turn yet. Yeah, it was uh, pretty amazing. Pretty epic. And uh, <laughs> the fact that you said, like, I'm going to one-shot this horde, and we laughed about it, like, oh, sniffs are so bad. They are so bad. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Fred's, oh, like, Fred's yeah. like, no more allied boomers, not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I got really, I really got. It's like I need feel, some allied like, sniffs. Yeah, I need some allied inspiring. That's what I mean. That was a good one. Yeah, I think that's the coolest thing that happened in our games. So nice. we can round off at that, I guess. Yeah, nice. mostly we played to show off those cards, really. And, yeah, to play test um, a bit and. Uh, yeah, add some and, adds some fun extra, you know, depth to it and stuff and. Yeah, and now we can pretend like we always play like at least one game a week, uh, often two. <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, we usually yeah. get we usually get at least one in a week, but uh, we'd we'd been playing Dead Zone, and now we uh, I got in a game this last week. Uh, my buddy's trying to get his um, his salamanders done up in time for the Alamo tournament, so he's trying to figure out his stuff, and I've been. Just playing this really fun themed uh, forces of nature list and mm. uh, a little, little bit out of the little little more out of the box stuff and it's it's funny how how much when you're trying to learn a new army how you can get in your own head and totally trip your, see yourself up because <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 playing salamanders but he's he had this he has this whole idea when he came to the table of how he was going to deploy and it didn't matter what I was going to do and and didn't matter what the table was going to look like 
And <laughs> so he just put all of his stuff on one side and put one <laughs> unit all the way on the other to be like, ooh, look at me, you know? So mm-hmm. it, the problem was he, he should have flipped everything to the exact opposite sides because he put all the stuff in this where all this impassable was and he couldn't, he just basically <laughs> funneled himself. And I'm just like, all right, cool. You can bounce off my stone elementals literally forever. I think he killed like, two units at, <laughs> and i tabled him it, it was oh, yeah it was just one of those where he, he just, yeah. had, a, had, a, had the plan going into it and then you know he just got punched in the face and then the plan fell to pieces <laughs> you know he just he <laughs> he had the plan but he didn't even bother looking at the board because he just had the plan already you know <laughs> yeah it's uh, uh yeah i know the feeling yeah, the best plan, yeah. <laughs> It's like I have to deploy these together at all costs. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. these go together. There's a battle group, uh-huh. and those bat the, the whole battle group uh, way of thinking can really mess you up. Yeah, it ruined you for like oh, a yeah. year or something. Yeah, it felt <laughs> so yeah. smart, and then I just it's don't like, oh. have battle group stuff. I just like I'll have two or three units that are designed to play together, but the whole rest of my army is just you know I do do whatever, put it wherever I want, put it wherever I need it type of thing. I don't yeah. I don't waste my time with like, oh, I've got to have this battle group. They have to be deployed together. That's how they work. Hmm. Yeah, I think we we, we started just doing battle groups because it's it's felt like a smart way to to do things. Mm-hmm. And then we also gradually got out of it, sort of. But it was a cool thing to do. When, yeah. when we I think it's new. a crutch when you're like a newer player, right? You feel like yeah. safe when you're you're like, oh, I know how this is going to work together, yeah. and it's like it feels it feels like familiar it feels safe you know what they can and can't do but mm-hmm. it also it also puts you in a pigeonhole of like i have to play these right here and if one goes yeah. down then the other one is useless and you don't have backup strategies so exactly yeah yeah so cool. but yeah that was games yeah games so hobby. yeah games <laughs> you guys been you guys been doing any hobby other, other than you almost finishing your orcs? <laughs> oh, yeah, I have no more than, than that. Uh... Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I actually did some because, um, yeah, I got uh, Fred bought me some uh, Milliput, or I, I paid for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fred but... bought it, but I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I got reimbursed. Yeah. Uh, so I started to work on my command group, Goblin Command Group, with like a flag it. Oh, boy, a, here we go. A little bodyguard. <laughs> that's my, that's my, because I'm, uh, you know, I'm all, I'm, all in now for like, having command groups in third edition. So yeah, I make think, a note of this. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought I listened to the episode. I thought it was a pretty cool little idea. <laughs> yeah, so making one now. So I'm I'm making one. Yeah, just you know to <laughs> showcase it. You got to give him a nudge if he's, if he's wasting his time or not. <laughs> yeah, we have stuff that's like that uh, out here. Like we'll usually have like um, like certain tournaments. We'll have you know. I think you heard the. Um, manager and stuff for TNT, and then you've got yep. uh, you know these like Alamo will have some kind of giant or whatever, which is just you know whatever you want to put on a fifty millimeter base, call it what you want, and then oh, they yeah, have sure. you know a, a, a thematic you know fifty millimeter you know battle group thing or mm-hmm. Bayou has that, so I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of use for those kinds of things either which way. So, and e- they, they yeah. even look really cool. Like if you wanted to use it as, um, an allied like war machine or something. So like, let's say, you know, you wanted to use it as like a goblin, um, you know, rock thrower or something like that. Or you, you could use it as, you know, the- thematically mm. you could have it like, Oh, they're calling down, you know, flying 
goblins that blow up, you know, and yeah. uses as use as a rock thrower or something. So. That's true. So, uh, what's the, what's the look of this uh, model you're going for? Is it like a standard bearer on a, on a mount yeah, on a small um, rock or something? Or? It's a mantic standard bearer from the from the set, the mantic set with a bigot and a whiz and a, oh. a flagit in it, like in a blister pack. Uh, and I changed a little bit on his face, and I, yeah, I used a bit of the milliput, obviously, to fix fix it, I guess. And then I found an old Games Workshop goblin, one of those night goblins, and I redid him a little bit. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, and the flag is standing on top of a big big rock, so and uh, there's gonna be a little little withered tree tree there and stuff. Little diorama going yeah. on. So it would be kind of cool to have that be like a. Uh, exceptional base size BSB with the banner of the Griffin or something, so you get rally in that area and then a BSB. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Using it something like that, mm. you know. In, anyway, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's also just good to get the old millipet out and you know do something I haven't done in a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. make sure it doesn't dry up. Oh, you know what would be really cool? Yeah. You could do it. You could do a king. You could do like a goblin king on foot with the with the. So he'd be inspiring. And then you could give him the banner or of the griffin, and then give him a bow, so he could shoot people. <laughs> oh, he, he has a bow already, doesn't he? The king, goblin king, I think, comes with a bow, doesn't he? Yeah, the the at least the bigot uh, has a bow. Yeah, yeah sure I think the king. Does. I think the king comes with it, and then I you could so, yeah. then you could be a non-combat goblin army because you've got a bow. <laughs> yeah, and I can shoot Fred and, and even more. Nice. <laughs> cool. So, how did you like that? Because uh, you usually used only the brown millipet before, but yeah. now um, I bought the yellow or the is it called standard gray? I think yeah, it's standard, called. Yeah, standard gray. And the too. white one. Yeah, and the yeah, well, super fine or yeah. whatever that's called. You want to share your experiences on those? Uh, yeah, I mean uh, because usually the the standard one is where it's kind of sticky because the terracotta one is not sticky at all. So it's a bit difficult to get on flat. If something is flat, it's, it could slide off. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a bit sticky. So what I used to do, I, I mixed a bit of, of green stuff with the brown one, and then it became sticky. Uh, you know, that's how, that's how I got around it earlier. Yeah. But now I can just use the standard one, I guess. Oh yeah. Uh, which uh, and it, it's not as because when you as soon as you get a lot of water on the uh, on the brown one, it, it gets really wet and slippery yeah but uh, yeah, the yellow one doesn't doesn't do that so it's a little bit different and i liked it uh, and the super fine one i haven't used it that much and i wasn't super impressed but i think i'm just using the wrong tools i think i just have to mm. i think i just have to figure out how to use it properly yeah i've never tried the white one so i have no yeah, clue. it's very very dry sort of uh, which is a good thing when you're going to do details mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I just have to get some new tools and just experiment with mm. it. I do recall when working with the brown milliput that you could, uh, I could like be almost done with something, and then it mm. would kind of slip, slip yeah. off, yeah. And, like ruin everything. That would be the worst. <laughs> it's really, it could be really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's a good uh, like medium, the, the standard yellow or standard gray. Yeah, I like it. I like the consistent consistency of it. So. Mm. That's uh, pretty good so cool. far. Cool stuff. I guess that uh, rounds up the games and hobby segment, Jeff. Sure. Unless Jeff has some, uh, 
Uh, no, I think I think I'm good. I've been <laughs> I've been so busy with rules committee stuff. I haven't had a lot of time for <laughs> hobby That's at sort all. Of a hobby, at it? all. <laughs> so, no, it's not a hobby. <laughs> it's a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So forums have been ablaze as of lately uh, with some. Uh, um, scenarios and questions and stuff like that for gameplay. Lots of rules questions about um, uh, nimble charges and corkscrews and stuff like that. So, kind of wanted to get into talking about that a little bit because there seems to be two uh, ways of thought about it, and we keep on getting questions over and over and over and over about. You know, mm-hmm. hey, can I? Is this charge legal? Is this charge legal? I'm nimble. Can I go around this? How does this work? Why is this legal? You know, yeah. and for majority of them, it it's pretty straightforward that majority of them were legal and why it's legal and and to shut down stuff like nimble charges is pretty difficult to do but it's with the intention it like it's intentional like nimble supposed to represent that you're you know very quick and think think on your feet and you know you're you're a cut above you know your standard you know everyday units that are just kind of slogging forward so Mm -hmm. um two things came up recently uh where you know a nimble corkscrews and be just corkscrews in general and you know people just feeling like corkscrews are they're everybody's in two camps it seems like it's i think corkscrews are bullshit and they should never be allowed under any circumstance any you know they're, they're they should not be part of the game and then there's people who are just like, well, it's the next level of the game. It's being able to foresee the corkscrew two turns in advance and setting it up so that I can bait you into charging me so that I can get this corkscrew. Um, and, and you know, that it's a tactical depth to it. Um, so just kind of was, you know, in your guys' play experience and trying to get the feel from your area i know how it is over here but wanted to get your guys thoughts on just 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 corkscrews in general and then we can get to the nimble portion of it okay have any immediate thoughts yeah well the only thing is the corkscrew can feel wrong but i'm not sure if it's it's wrong (laughs) i'm not sure about it it's one of those things where i don't really experience it that much against me and I'm not really looking for the meter because, you know, I'm a terrible player. So I don't know sure if I'm the best one to really comment on it. But, but aren't, I'm sure you're a bit like me that even if I see a corkscrew, um, I usually don't try to take it. Yeah. Because it often comes with this little argument like, what, really? Can you do that? Yeah, because, you know... I can technically yeah. pull it off here because of this and that. Because it is a bit gamey, so, yeah. so. You, will, you will get that discussion. But also, I, you know, when I play, which is pretty stupid, but I, I usually role play, you know, in my, in like my head. So I was sort of like thinking, like, okay, but that would they wouldn't do that, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> but, what do you mean yeah. when you say? Do you mean like you dress up in an outfit <laughs> and like? <laughs> 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 no, you know, I think like, what would a, what would a giant do? What would a giant dwarf do here? Would he just counter charge or would he run around his unit? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but 
Um, yeah, so as you can tell, it's not that uh, often that it kind of comes up. Uh, but when it does come up, it's usually very important. It can it can really easily swing a game uh, when it's like it, it feels like if two equal equal armies are are fighting, it's often the army which gets a corkscrew who kind of wins it because uh, that uh, it, it feels like a free flank charge. Because I I just in my head, it's always a flank charge. When we're, if we're talking corkscrew, mm-hmm. then that's what I'm. Yeah, I'm majority imagining. of the time, that's what yeah. I think you're going to run into. Um, and I, I do recall if I've played with new players, and uh, and uh, it, it, it's it's kind of been like a a nasty surprise on them if I if I did a corkscrew. Uh, I remember because I actually used to have a positive winning streak against Iwin, uh, but that <laughs> was only because he was new and I pulled like some shenanigans on him with uh, with uh, stuff like that. It wasn't technically a corkscrew every time, but it was these situations where maybe a, you have a horde and you charge it in and you just clip like a millimeter or two on the corner, mm-hmm. and it's like it looks really weird and it's like right. Oh, like, do all of those get to strike? Yeah, I know it looks weird, but it's in the rules. So, you know, those kind of situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there is a bit like that, isn't it? When, when you just turn away from something you're fighting and then into some someone else. If, yeah. It, I guess it can feel a little bit weird. Because it, it it's really hard to get rid of it because it's, it's so... Uh, and I know probably many TOs have tried and maybe the RC have tried to... What can we do if we do want to get rid of it? How? Because it, it's so deep in the core rules of the game, mm-hmm. with the with the way the bounce back works and the way you move, and uh, so it's almost impossible to get it out um, without impacting so many other rules. Um, I guess the thing that gets me is that it feels like like a time machine, or like they have this portion of speed or something, because they they they're able to pivot charge someone else while they're kind of fighting this other unit like Mm -hmm. thematically but still they're able to like ignore those guys it it feels like time freezes you know like a like like a wizard cabin and said like or like harry potter like stop time uh, (laughs) stop time yo (laughs) right and it's like okay time has stopped great we're going to turn around and we're going to go into these guys' flanks. We're going to kill them. And then we're going to reform or like change facing. And then we're back to where we were. And it's all good. And all that happens kind of before the enemy unit gets a chance to, 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 to stab. And, and they, were, they were kind of exchanging blows just a second before. Um, so maybe what I think is pretty... Uh, if there was some way to deny them the chance to change facing afterwards that would yeah. make it feel better yeah but that's kind of what i was going to lean towards there i was going to yeah. i was going to bring it around with that so um but i don't know how to get that in there without i mean you know because yeah. how can you put in the, how can you write a rule that says like if you do a corkscrew then you're not allowed to change facing you know it's it, right it's, what are we going to do with this harry potter coming in and uh yeah, yeah. ruining the game <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean i've uh been playtesting a couple ideas and stuff like that but um i mean me personally i the corkscrew stuff for me kind of um 
represents i guess it's just a different frame of mind because like whereas you see it as like okay i've just been fighting these guys and now i'm gonna just not go not fight them and go over here and fight like in Mm -hmm. i'm just thinking in a battle like if you have your wits about you and you see a more obvious target that's getting ready to come past you and go get your buddies and you have the capability to just go over and smack smack them because you see what's gonna if they penetrate your line that you're you yeah. know you know so i i could see it being like that my other my other thought process is like if you do it if you do it uh one way you could be like okay well nimble units they can still go around stuff because it's supposed to be like oh i don't really care what you have to do about me i'm nimble and i'm running around places and being fleet of foot then you mm-hmm. know only nimble units would be able to do it um the other option i think is you know um it's it's probably not going to come in the nearby future but you know thought process on having a new rule and and there's okay so i have two parts of this so uh thought process on having a new rule that would be sort of like a taunt or right or or a uh, enfeeble or something something to lock people in place that certain units would get new access to so if you got punched in the face by this unit your only thing you can do next turn as is counter charge or move away you know what mm-hmm. i mean so it's kind of like a taunt or something like that if it's it, kind of got would... it's kind of like you got wavered but had fury right exactly so um and then you know to introduce that as another layer so you still so both camps could be happy you could you could still be strategy wise you know you could push up your other unit knowing it wasn't going to get core screwed provided that you did a point of damage to this unit and you know yeah. they got you know that kind of stuff um there's a mm-hmm. there's some ways to get around doing it but i think as far as the nimble goes like nimble supposed to represent something being smarter than or more fleet of foot than everything else around it so yeah. i think i think when people get shocked by nimble charges i don't know why it's so shocking because you're paying a shit ton of points to have the nimble portion of it i get why you know the flyer thing was annoying for people yeah. um that that can't see it coming ahead of time um but you know we gave it enough ways to be deleted because now you can you, you know you can knock fly off of stuff um, yeah, exactly. So, but you can't knock off Nimble, but Nimble still you're paying those units you're you're getting Nimble on, or you're paying a really premium price to have that sneakiness. And most most Nimble units are don't have a lot of offensive attacks, right? Like, I mean, how many Nimble units yeah. have more than ten attacks? You know, so. Mm, yeah, sure. Because mm, I see the. I mean, the, the nimble part of it, uh, I'm, I'm sure its primary use is to, like, get it into Flanks. a favorable position. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah, like in the move phase. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess the part that it works so well in, like, while they're fighting, I, guess, I can see why people feel like that's, maybe that's not the primary, uh, like, idea behind it. Uh, yeah, I think it's that, supposed uh, to be, like, to weave through units, you know what I mean? Like, for yeah, me, so, it's, like, I'm supposed to be yeah, able to weave. But... Yeah, maybe. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, like that's I guess that's the kind of the crux of the question. Like, right. is it is it supposed to be just before going into melee, or is it supposed to be like during melee? Right. Um, I, I wouldn't mind if it if let's say for third edition, nimble just got cheaper, and 
also got stripped when disordered. I, w I wouldn't mind that. Uh, yeah, I think that would be the way you'd have to go about it if you were gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah, because then you would have you 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 need to you would need to maximize your movements like with the nimble units and really take advantage to to get a favorable position. But if you first go in 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 a fight, then you're kind of the same as everyone else. Uh, I think I would prefer that really. Uh, I think, uh, or maybe have like a. Maybe that be the base of nimble, but then maybe someone could have like a super nimble, <laughs> you right, know, like a, yeah. some monsters or something, and they could have this rule that yeah, they're so big and strong that they don't care; they can just run out again. Different or, levels, uh, yeah, different yeah. levels of it, yeah. And that could be a more expensive version of, of nimble. Yeah, all um, are all of them. Are, I think are good possibilities and stuff, or even just like like mm -hmm. I said, that ability to kind of taunt a unit and you can only counter charge or run away from it, and then you still get that same, you know, yeah. like intimidate or something like that. You know, where you've got oh, I've got to kill these guys because they just punched me in the face, and you know. Yeah, because I feel like nimble. The coolest times we see nimble is is with like um, like halfling archers, for instance. Mm -hmm. They can like move around and they don't get penalties for shooting. Because they have like uh, <clears throat> that also nimble makes you not get the minus one to move right. Shoot yeah. minus yeah. one penalty for shooting. Yeah, for moving. Yeah, because I I never play with those units, but uh, uh, I, I I like those parts of nimble. I think that's that's the most flavor part of it for me. Is like the move around, shoot without penalty, like the fleet of foot thing. Uh, I think uh, I think I prefer it more outside of melee really than than in melee. Okay. If you think about like light cavalry, you know, in historical sense, they wouldn't really go into combat, but they would ride really close and like you know throw spears or something. Mm -hmm. You know, but but that could be in the Kings of War. There's nothing wrong in imagining that is actually what happened when when you know a regiment of flea bag riders you know ride close to someone and into combat. But right. maybe maybe they're actually not you know going into combat, but just you know throwing their uh, javelins or whatever mm -hmm. uh, at them. And then you know that and then be, backing up, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, then it would make more sense that they would actually make a nimble uh, charge next turn, you know, around yeah, them or something so, like that. Yeah. Like they're, they're actually that that mobile that they can just, you know, they don't they don't act they they are so mobile that they don't go they don't connect in that way. Yeah, that's true. So, so you're kind of defending that it could be that that could be used to kind of defend the fact that they're kind of leaving combat again that they they weren't necessarily. Yeah. In, in combat to start yeah, with, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, well, point. you know, if if we need to justify it by imagining some, some sort of scenario, mm -hmm. uh, you know, real life scenario, I guess that's the closest I can think of, anyway. Yeah, and I don't think we're really strongly invested in this. I mean, uh, I've never really had the game destroyed by either a corkscrew or a nimble corkscrew. I think right. the worst part with nimble was that nimble was put on some stuff that. I couldn't see the reason for why they had nimble, mm -hmm. like the fall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was kind of silly. I don't know if they even have nimble anymore. Were they? Did they lose it? Yeah, yeah. they have it. They just don't have Pathfinder. They yeah. had all oh, okay. of the rules mm -hmm. previously. Mm -hmm. They had basically name it. They had it. So yeah, uh, and also, and I, Jeff, I know you love to do this. At least you did it in the past. Was to like uh, moonwalk monsters away, even if they were wavered. I, I think you spoke yep. about that. Mm -hmm. Like uh, doing nimble tricks and backing up. Yeah. Um, uh, like uh, when 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 an when an individual 
like this things like that, then I don't really like nimble. <laughs> right. Like free spin, yeah. back up, nimble pivot, and then I'm out <laughs> of your front arc. I think those are the things I dislike about nimble. Really. Yeah, that's probably the worst. Yeah, I think that I think that that to me, like the charges and stuff, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with at all. But mm-hmm. it, it is, it feels gamey when you're like, oh, okay, uh, you attacked me. I think I'll just and you wavered me, so I'll just go ahead and pivot, and then I'll back up and yeah. be out of your charge arc. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know how to solve it, like in game, uh, but yeah, I feel like things shouldn't be. I don't think anything should be able to escape the front arc like that. Uh, or I have I don't a solution know. for that. What? I have a solution. What? Remove individuals. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back <laughs> to that. Yeah. That's on our wish list. We're going to get back to that. But um, just, uh, I don't know if Nimble should get stripped or not. Maybe it shouldn't, but maybe se- separate those rules out. Or maybe individuals maybe shouldn't have Nimble. They should just have some rules that only apply to them. Uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like at least when you go into combat, then you're you're engaging, you're you're giving the cha- enemy a chance to fight back. Uh, but when you, when you're just dodging around, it's it's like it's like a non-game. Um, yeah, I could see that. Uh, my like like has moonwalked out of front arc so many times, mm-hmm. and I think it's really hilarious when I do it. But at the same time, I get this feeling like it feels like that's not how it's supposed to work. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like um, yeah, because it, it, although I maybe tend to use this uh, this uh, fluff reason a lot, but I feel like there are in combat they are fighting, and suddenly he just goes poof, and then he's gone, <laughs> and then like where'd he go? He just he just turns it turns and then kind of like slinks away, like oh I'm too cool for you. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like where did he go? Oh, my God, <laughs> you're not yeah. right next to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. He's like he's right there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you see that flank? Oh my god! Reform, reform. Yeah. yeah. So I think like um, I mean maybe I guess uh, the counter argument is that if if everything just gets stuck in Malay, right? Maybe you're just will... bashing against each other forever until the yeah, end of time. That maybe so maybe you could maybe make a case for it. That would be a bit more boring, and uh, maybe it would. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but see, then again, you have another situation like that, right? Where, like, um, let's just say we had that uh, rule that was like intimidate or something like that, right? Where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, my big, my big dragon just came in and hit you, but he didn't kill you. You're like Anis or whatever, and then you're like, yeah. oh, I'm nimble. I'll back up. D D D. You know, mm-hmm. it would it would then again be like, oh, well, you've either got to go straight back, or y- you can. Um, or you have to countercharge me, you know, like that would yeah. be your options. I definitely feel like at least the uh, individual free pivot. I think that should be stripped when you when you get disordered or when you get uh, that, you know, that. Uh, oh yeah, for individuals. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, it should no, be fun. Then... I mean, we have a lot of stuff that we have to go through for third edition on that. So it'll yeah. be it'll be. You know, just kind of wanting to get people talking about it, and yeah, I mean, I, everybody I'm, cares what the players want. You know what I mean? We want to make a game that's yeah. fair and fun, and you know what everybody wants to see out of it and stuff. And and sometimes, yeah. you know, no, you're not going to get everything you want because it's not what everybody wants. And you know, yeah, it's just this delicate think, balance. Um, I think there's, I mean. I'm sure. I don't think that's the most important thing to fix. Sort of the whole corkscrew, right. the nimble corkscrew thing. It's 
uh, sure, it can be annoying, but it's, I mean, first, it's very hard to actually fix because <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's just lodged in there with the, with the core mechanics. And second, I mean... It's hard to pull off as well. You have to... Yeah, you have to it's not easy. And at least the nimble yeah. one is hard to pull off. I yeah. think it's easier to guard against the nimble one because you, oh, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can move stuff in like behind, so you, you, you would actually need three pivots to connect. Mm -hmm. um, but the normal corkscrew, I mean, that's the one I see sometimes. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a nimble corkscrew pulled off, or I saw it and I protected against it, sort of. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's not on our top five things to fix. I think uh, for for the game. <laughs> sure. No. So, yeah. We we leave it in your capable hands. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys uh, run into anything with the new spells and everything this year that uh, likes or dislikes on on that stuff? And you know what was the feedback on that with the new um, alignment specific spells? And what do you guys think about that with being you know alignment specific? And did you run into any issues with them? Because you know there was a huge, there's just this huge backlash of, oh my god, Alchemist Curse is going to destroy the game, and da, da, da. it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the only thing I've heard is that, because you can ally in, like, cheap wizards, and they can also take it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I heard a good suggestion that maybe allied wizards cannot take those, like, new spells, because sure. uh, I guess that's the only way to break it is is to have some sort of ally in like cheap goblin wizards or or I don't know who does it is it Rorda maybe who have like halfling wizards yeah cheap halfling wizards well it seems like a lot of the spell stuff becomes an issue when it gets spammed so if we yeah, can exactly, fix, yeah. if we can fix it from being spammed it's uh, I don't think it's I don't think it becomes an issue to have different spells and you know add some versatility and stuff to it when it's when you don't spam something that's when mm -hmm. you know you kind of have Yeah other than that uh, I I've, I've never not had any bad feedback at all I think people generally like the new spells uh, like uh, I haven't really I haven't really faced them all myself uh uh, I mean, I, I used stealth a little bit with my orcs just for fun. To try yeah, and, that's uh, a great spell, man. That's been yeah. very, very helpful, I think, especially for its price point. I thought it was yeah, re really exactly. great. And uh, I ran Mind Fog a little bit, too, just to try those long-range like pings on war engines. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I like that, because uh, so, yeah, stealth and Mind Fog are the ones I've been trying out. From I've actually not tried Alchemist Curse myself. Yeah, I mean, either it's not a fan. Yeah. I don't. I don't even think it's worth taking personally. But no, I feel like you. You. I mean, you. You. You can solve that problem by having just troops with uh, with a bit of punch. Yeah, um, or just have a whole army of defense three, like I do, and yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So. Uh, yeah. No. Just. Just cool. I think it was very positively received. The whole cock eighteen book. Yeah. Yeah, but keep in mind that in at least in Norway, we we don't really complain that much about the rules. I don't think. I mean, we have opinions, but I don't think people really are that kind of go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the big complaint in Kings of Wars uh, was the flying thing where back in the day. Mm -hmm. I think that was like the main thing where. Yeah, it was only in like vanilla when we had people like st strong opinions about uh, 
like stuff like that. And ever since the first like cock book came out, it's all been really good. Uh, mm. So when the first book came out, they fixed flying, you know, with the disorder and all that. Right. And the people were like, yeah, this is great, like finally. And now this came out and people were still like, hey, good, good stuff. So um, you're on, we're on a good roll, I guess, with the uh, Clash Kings book, books. Uh... Yeah, I think mainly the Kings of War is in a good place. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not perfect, obviously, but, you know, it's, it, it, we have, done, we have it's played pretty, so much pretty close. worse games, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the thing is, like, playing for so many years and stuff, it's just like, all right, well, we all have a good idea of what is balanced and what we'd like to see out of it and how, it, mm-hmm. you know, how, how to reach that goal. It's just... It's just yeah. funny because like everybody will complain to like blow up this huge like blow up about this wording of like two words <laughs> that make it sound different than what its intention is, and then yeah. you've got like a hundred and sixty-seven comments on like really guys. <laughs> exactly. oh, d- vicious do i have to do i have to roll <laughs> like do i do i have to re-roll my wounds yeah because that actually like, came up now didn't yeah, it and God. they ruled that it, it's actually optional with elite and it says vicious. may yeah it says may yeah. But, uh, like how yeah, many times I mean, you're like no yeah, i don't really want to kill these guys i don't I don't like being elite. I think I'm going to shut my elite down this turn. <laughs> Self-nerfing. You know? Self-nerf. Feel... <laughs> my storyline is that my elves had some mead before, and they are no longer elite for this turn. Exactly. They have wavered bows. <laughs> yeah. The lore is very important, I think. For your right. Body, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking Maybe, of, speaking yeah. of storyline and fluff and stuff like that, um, been... The, the other things that's been pretty hot right now is everybody just um, it seems like a lot of competitive players, like including myself, have been just kind of at that point where they're like, "Hey, let's step back and play this like this really fun themed list where I've got a storyline about the list, and I wanna I wanna take a whole bunch of this and make it a themed list and that, and then versus like." everybody having to min-max everything in order to, you know, win, 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 no matter what type of thing. Um, which <laughs> yeah. then we can we can also go into, you know, the next topic from here, I think. Um, so um, what do you guys see more often out there? Is it more, is it more like, hey, I just want to put some cool models on the table, have a good time, and do the best I can with what I want to play versus... You know, we've all got, we've all got, you know, how can I min-max everything and how can I take my Varinger in my Abyssal's army because they're 10 points cheaper chaff and I need to have Tortured Souls because I don't have flying units. I only have these mm. nimble, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, so. Um, like, like what we see in our, in our own tournaments and stuff? Right, yeah. Or, I mean, just wanna, experiences that you guys have seen. <laughs> I know, I know France is like... I know France specifically is like, oh, we we make this illegal because you know this is too good. We can we, like when I went to Cock yeah. last year, I had that French guy come up to me that was playing Nick at the end, and he just goes, Trident Realms, huh? We don't play these in France because they're terrible. Like I'm like, okay, <laughs> thanks. I still got like tenth battle. Like, <laughs> but like he's just like, why would anybody ever take these? These are terrible. And it's like, yeah, I won four tournaments this year with them, so they're not that bad. <laughs> like, 
But um, like, yeah, it's just it's just yeah. weird. Just it blows people's minds that you wouldn't take the most competitive thing, and I don't necessarily think that that's always the most important thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's uh, mostly people playing with like armies mm. they want, like the. Yeah, I think we're pretty blessed in Norway, really. Mm. At least in Oslo. Yeah. Know. Uh, it's mostly like uh, guys who are good painters who want mm. to create a good theme, and uh, it's it's like it's not necessarily the best unit that gets chosen first. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and then we have I win, of course. Yeah, yeah because the thing is, I mean, <laughs> we have a good mix, and the, the, what's important is that we don't um, only cater to those hobbyists. Because right. we have a we have a very good core, and most of us are like very hobbyists, and um, uh, you know, not necessarily play to win at all costs. Um, but we have it's a very fine graded scale because we have a couple of guys who who are also decent painters, and they love like you know the the armies to look good, but they still they they desire a little bit more on like you know competition, and they really love like a like a like a hard game, like a difficult game with a good opponent, and if we just if they get two soft games every time, and they, if they feel like they win almost on walkover because their opponent just has a fluffy list with all the bad units, then they kind of feel like they don't, they get too little resistance, and it sure. becomes boring, and they uh, you know it they kind of um, lose lose interest because uh, they don't get enough of a challenge. Oh, uh, fair enough. Mm-hmm. So we had feedback like, <laughs> try not to go all the way into the deep end on like the fluffy part. Uh, True. <laughs> uh, we, we need a balance. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. I like to take a list that's that's good, but not great. Like you know, I like to be like, oh, it's a really good list, and then let off the throttle right at the end. You know what I mean? Where it's just oh, short yeah. of being amazing, and mm-hmm. then play it up right use my use my player skill to to do better with it and and thinking outside the box i mean you you show up to the table with a bunch of stuff that people don't normally see put together and they're just like i don't know how to fucking deal with this (laughs) (laughs) you know like yeah but uh i mean when it comes to allies and stuff then it's it's very few people who ally in the worst stuff Mm. as far as i know right so i guess the the top the top level of like cheesiness we don't mm-hmm. really see so i feel like we're 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 everyone here even even the more competitive guys are they're below that top level of ultimate cheesiness where you just right. maximize everything so we have a very good community in that regard that uh yeah we had a couple of guys joining who played war machine and they tried joining kings of war and um, I, because I, I just recall the Lars that they were all the people who played Fallen uh, and Varinger. Yeah. Because yeah. um, they came them. into the game immediately, mm-hmm. saw what the unit was the best, maxed out on that. I think a couple of guys came to a doubles event with like uh, both players had just had only fallen. <laughs> Which I always he... laugh because that doesn't work. <laughs> like they're just like, oh, I just take a bunch of Fallen. It's like. I would take two hordes of Bloodsworn <laughs> or something to absorb some hits and then bring the Fallen in. It's like Yeah, they didn't win. That's true. Yeah, you spent yeah. so many points on, like, we had some local guys playing that's, like, basically, like, you know, six hordes of Fallen. It's just like, 
cool, but you really only need maybe four and then some cheaper hordes to absorb the hit and stand there. If you're using your Fallen to get charged, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're doing it wrong, man. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah so uh, and those guys have just kind of drifted out again because yeah. uh, uh, it's like they... They tried too hard to min-max it, and it right. didn't work maybe as well as they thought. And That's always like, been eh. my thing with War Machine and, like, Hordes players, right? It's just they have yeah. they, they draw that type of player to it, which is fine if that's what they're into, but, like, that's not what mm. I want to play. I don't want to play. I don't want to play a bunch of gotcha stuff, and the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's too much. Yeah, I agree. No, so, uh, yeah, we are definitely on the... More on the thematic side, of course, of the... You know, it's it's evident by Lars's catchphrase, "Combat Goblins." You know, <laughs> right. you know, it's on the theme side of <laughs> of the scale. Yeah, I think Combat Dwarves worked better. Yeah, those were pretty amazing. Pretty good. But, dwarves uh, that like combat say it isn't so. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was before. I thought Yellow the Belly was a buff. <laughs> I read it wrong. Self nerve. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, do you guys see a lot of Mantic armies over there still? Or are you guys having a whole bunch of Warhammer armies that are still being used? Because, I mean, we're starting to actually mm-hmm. see some some people that are switching over to finally do more Mantic-based armies and stuff. Yeah, we, I mean, we've always had that. From the start, there was a pretty good good, uh, good percentage, I think, of people who... Like both mantic models and uh, yeah, mix, uh, they mixed it anyway. Like yeah, some mantic, some games workshop. Yeah, yeah. there are few, there are quite few armies now. I think who are well, I shouldn't say that to to too drastic because there there are many now who mix all kinds of manufacturers. Yeah, difficult. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like in they're not in the GW net anymore, but they are right more like uh, you know really shopping around for all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have a very high high uh, percentage of Mantic armies and models, and um, uh, the people who kind of are the most active, uh, well, most of them have just started purchasing like Mantic models, like from straight out the gate, uh, uh, like oh, Kings of War, yeah, let's buy this army, boom, from yeah. Mantic. And so, and I did that with my Undead, and uh, Lars bought this whole Goblin army, all Mantic. So it's, uh, I think we. Most of us have a very like uh, mindset that we we are supporting Mantic by buying their products, sort of, and right. and also we like most of us feel like they're they're good enough, they're fine enough. Although we we stay away from like you know certain uh, like the Elf line. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of us, yeah, stay away from, yeah. I think and, that, um, I think that that one's probably not the greatest one. That everybody's like. Yeah. Yeah. In, a, in a rush to get this is the aesthetic they don't like and yeah, i can i can is, see that uh... which is funny to me because i actually <laughs> actually like their twilight kin models better from like i would have bought their twilight kin models and used them as regular elves rather than having the regular elves and they've discontinued oh, yeah. the twilight kin which is just like yeah that's weird uh... crazy I've never actually seen a twilight kin model oh they I actually didn't know they made those yeah the models were actually <laughs> looked pretty decent honestly i i would have bought them um yeah but it'll be fun to see what comes with the uh, twilight kin stuff here in the future if they're going to redo the aesthetic and everything fully yeah so i yeah. think i think that's no, why but, they've discontinued it yeah exactly no but uh and, uh just to round off uh, we also have a quite good like most people like to multi-base you know and make like 
hilltops and small dioramas, and uh, I think we have a very good like hobby hobby focused uh, community in in Oslo nice. at least, and uh, Norway too uh, in general. Yeah, I think that it's kind of like it's like a double edged sword, right? Like Mantic wants people to start using their models more often because they have to make money to support the game and everything but at the same time the players aren't don't want like another gw situation where it's like oh you want to come to this tournament you have to play with all gw models and if i see a (laughs) non-gw model that shit comes off the table like i mean i have Mm -hmm. experiences like that where i've been at gw tournaments and people are like having models removed and you know (laughs) getting disqualified Um. from the painting um thing because their army was christmas themed and there is no christmas in war hammer <laughs> and and i'm just like that's like the dumbest shit to be like yeah, just let people do what they want so i, I just think that yeah. they continue to make some make some cool models and make maybe some more unique units that you don't see very often but at the same time i don't want to tell people like yeah. oh you can't use your fucking models that you've had to, you love these models specifically and you don't like the ones that replace them and I mean, so, there's still people out there buying fifth edition metal, you know, Warhammer armies, you know, because they like the really old shit models, you know. Yeah, so that's true. Uh, uh, well, I, I do like their the soft approach that they've had now for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like uh, at Clash of Kings, uh, which you probably remember, they had like uh, did they have two paint separate? Could only be no, I didn't. I. I I, had actually, I actually had the most paint points there, I think, but I was uh, I put out a vote Aww. for what people wanted me to bring was the um, they wanted me to bring Trident Realm, so I brought the yeah. Trident Realm stuff instead of my all abyssals, all mantic abyssal Aww. army. Yeah. Um, but uh, they they only had a uh, a mantic mm-hmm. one that year. The year before they had a they had a Two mantic one and a, yeah mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, well. I... Well, at least that is a kind of soft approach. Then they're not—they're not banning anything. They're just saying like, if you want to win this thing, then you need this and that. Um, and I also like that if you to get on the live stream, you also needed a, a mantic army. Yeah, also, I think like, that's a really cool idea too. Yeah, that's it's, a it's like to do it. it's like carrots instead of sticks. Uh, right. Yeah. So I, I prefer that approach, of course. Um, yeah, I think for my event, um, I'm going to be doing a, um, just basically, do you have a Mantic unit? And unit would be, you know, a monster, a yeah, individual, like anything. A, anything. Do you have a Mantic unit? Yes. Mm-hmm. Plus one paint point, you know, yeah. automatically right out of the box. Like, I'm going to but I'm gonna judge your army on technical skill and all the other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to look, do you have a Mantic model? Yeah, or Mantic unit? Yes, you do. Awesome. Here, extra mm. point. And I think that, yeah. you know, it may even be like, do you have a Mantic unit? One point. Do you have mm-hmm. a mostly Mantic army? So like 85%, 90% or whatever, yeah. plus another point. And then, yeah. you know, the rest of it just be technical skill and all the rest of the stuff. And I don't think yeah, that, like, that would uh... be, I don't think that that's out of, you know, the ballpark in a 35 to 40 point paint scale you know to give a tabletop ready army that's you know good good normal tabletop paint and in a scale of it would be you know getting 70 percent of the points possible and then getting a plus two for it being a mantic you know just yeah like a small edge yeah so yeah, that could work. We we usually gave like one point if you had at least one multi-based unit. 
That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Just to sort of, you know, uh, encourage that whole thing. It's not so relevant anymore, I guess, because most people have actually multibase yeah. in some way. But even when we did, there was like the guys who did not have multibase, they just made one, you know, just to to try it and mm. get that point. And, and then they, and now those... their whole army is multibase and they'll never go yeah, back again. <laughs> exactly. It just rolls from there. So yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a cool way to introduce the. Uh, like uh, the things you want to see, just with a little slight, a slight bonus. Yeah. Well, speaking of like points and stuff like that going, um, I know you guys just talked about um, uh, the sports scoring of uh, one of our events out here in the southeast would be uh, TNT and you know their take on how they were doing sports and stuff. And I thought that was a pretty good topic to get it, a view from somebody outside the country because I know how people were viewing it inside the country. Um, so yeah. I I had another sports idea that got me thinking about you know bringing up a different way of going about it that is kind of loosely based on theirs um but i i i am very opposed to the traditional like buddy buddy like hey i like i like this guy off the table i'm gonna give him my sport vote shit you know what i mean like i i i couldn't agree more with you guys when you're saying that i was like i hate that shit like you, you end up playing against someone from your club, and you're just like, "Oh, I'm in the best game, you buddy." You know, like you know, mm-hmm. they give each other their votes regardless of whether it was their best game and stuff, and it kind of loses the whole, you know, point of having sports scores, which is you know, to encourage people to not be a dick at the table, have fun, remember that it's a game, and you know, yeah. get give give somebody an inch if they ask for it you know what i mean don't don't be like oh you already moved that unit and you stopped touching it this is chess now you can't touch it again you know like (laughs) like but at the same time you don't want to be like you know you don't want to be like oh yeah i'm gonna vote for the guy that bought me the most beers or you know was the loudest at the table or just was a jackass you know what i mean so yeah so um yeah, but did you? I was away for a second there. Uh, did you like you? Because we were talking about kind of uh, the TNT system where you kind of check boxes, right? Like who who yeah. was the most? Uh, uh, what what were those categories again? Like most uh, pro, not professional, but you know, like most right fun, cleanest pro, game, cleanest, best game, yeah. most most fun game, you know, that kind of stuff like that. Yeah, and um, uh, those check boxes. Uh, I mean, that's at least a step in the right direction. Um, yeah. To because because I mean, speaking for myself, I've um, I've I've never I can't I can't I don't think I've actually ever won the best sportsmanship award. Um, and uh, I, I can only hope that's because I'm just not I'm not naturally super jolly guy in in game. I, I mean, um, I, I always treat people well, and I give get I give take backs. Uh, I can't recall the last time I refused anyone to take back. Right. Uh, but I really like to. <laughs> I really need things to be precise. I get a bit like, oh, you you're a bit sloppy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to not be sloppy in this game, right? So, um, you know, maybe I'll come across a bit strict, and and that that kind of, you know, a person like like me, I would never win a best sportsmanship award. Well, uh, you because... want to? I mean, the game you want to play. That this game is built off of playing a clean game. So, you know, 
that I, yeah. you know, it's important that, you know, you mark units before you do something. If you think you might put them back or, you know, yeah, cause you, for you, me, you know, for me, that is a good game. Uh, and when I play the, if I'm lucky enough to play like top level gamers, uh, like the time when I was, uh, uh, you know, smart or foolish enough to challenge Dan King for uh, game <laughs> one at the Clash of Kings. Uh, I didn't do that expecting to win. I just wanted to play him. And, right uh, and and that game was so enjoyable because I I, I just uh, noticed right away that he played so correctly everything was measured out check angles check distances and communication like you know are do we agree that these are with, like outside of sixteen or inside of sixteen and oh and that just makes me so happy to play a guy like that because I feel like oh this is exactly how I want it to be. Uh, right. At the moment, I play a guy who's like uh, who's, who doesn't do that and just moves a bit quick, and I just see that oh, that was like a half inch too far. It immediately becomes a, a bad game for me in, in my head, and I, I get stressed out because I have to because you like, have to what? feel like you have to watch and tell to say something every time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So against the strictest people, I feel like I can, I can relax. <laughs> Right, you know, but against the sloppy guys, I can't. I, well, I could relax, but then I have to accept that I'm probably going to lose just because they get advantages all the time. Mm-hmm. But but I I can't bring myself to doing the same, so it will end up with me being super correct and them gaining advantages every, like all the time, even if they don't mean to. You know, the but and the, the the difference of like reaching a forest. And connecting with it and opening it up for line of sight, for instance, right? It's Two so different things. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I tend to when I play my games, I say what I'm doing as I'm doing. Like I verbalize everything as I'm doing it. So I'll be like, yeah. oh, "This unit, I'm moving these guys nine. Okay, and then they're gonna pivot and they're gonna move their other three. I'm within this. I'm at this distance, but you're not at this distance. Boom. Next unit, to, you know, and kind of move on from there. Um, yeah. And just kind of, you know, engage the other person at the same time. And I think that that's important, like, to, you know, then you then you get to play the game cleaner. It moves faster because you've already both agreed upon, you know, you know that situation. And it just, yeah. it's just more of, like, that's what the game's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like, oh, I think you're actually within this now. And look at this, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, like, like uh, <laughs> if he tells you, like, no, they were outside last turn and you can go like well now it's this turn and now they're not outside but no one moved since yeah Yeah. Yeah, exactly so So, uh, um i guess uh i had a different way of looking at it where you could do something that was like a checklist where it's not like it's not ambiguous whether you know who to vote for what or this or that but you could do something where like you have a sports checklist and then you have some kind of rankings thing on top of it where okay so Mm -hmm. what's the important things to see in the game did the player play a clean game you know check you know did the did the player um let you let you go back or did they give you a did they give you something they didn't have to give you you know what i mean give you Mm -hmm. a oops, I forgot to, you know, do my regen. Oops, I forgot, you know, this or that. And did they give that to you? Um, Check. You know, was the person, you know, did the the person move correctly or did they, you know, was was their measurements proper and this and this? 
but also just like was the person someone that you would you would love to play again you know next time you see them would you would would you want to play them immediately you know like what would it be your first game would you challenge the person because you wanted to play them you know that kind of stuff yeah um but like just just you could have it be a checklist of all of those things and maybe maybe someone doesn't check all the boxes but they checked some of them but maybe you still had your your favorite game be the person that didn't check all those boxes because you just had more fun at the table they were enjoyable to play with it doesn't mean that you can't you know vote for them but it gives yeah. you it gives you more opportunity to have variation between those and then you don't have to have this um popularity contest or anything like that where it's like okay i you know this really jolly dude got like you know four sports votes right and so his first one was worth one point his next one was worth two and then it was worth four and then his next one was worth eight and you get all these compiling things where it just you know it it gets out of control really quick um and then you also don't have to feel like you have to start bad gaming people, right? So, like, one of them is, like, hey, you know, rate their list on a, you know, score of 0, 1, or 2. Whereas 0 is, it's, I wouldn't like to play the list ever again if I, you know, da-da-da. Or, <laughs> or give them a 1 if you're impartial to it. Or give them a 2 if it was, you know, really a fun list and you would gladly play it again. You know what I mean? So Yeah, that's it, a good... Uh... That's a good twist. Uh, I think most people forget the list aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, and I uh, think I think yeah. it's important because it's like it's it's one of those things like you could check all these boxes, but you don't want maybe maybe someone's not a bad game, but because because to give someone a bad game is a is pretty difficult. Like it takes a lot for me to bad game somebody, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I enjoyed playing the game versus them. So I might not check that box. It doesn't mean that I approve how dirty their fucking list was, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean I have to, you know, I doesn't have to be a yes or a no. Like I'm not going to bad game the list. So now they have no recourse from it. No, but like the dude that took mm-hmm. a orc list with no fucking hordes in it okay dude yeah that's really thematic plus two you know (laughs) you know what i mean so (laughs) i just think that there's ways of doing it and and stuff would balance out because the majority of the time you are going to take most of those boxes versus somebody at the table right but Mm -hmm. you know if you have if you have um a guy that hits all of those boxes every single game, he may come in five points over the person that was, you know, a next next closest. But if you're if you're playing a clean game and you're coming and you're being nice and you're giving people up stuff, that's the whole point of the game. They're there to have fun. You know what I mean? And yeah. if if you're there for the same thing, then if you and if you know that you came to the event with a hard dick punch list because you know that you're gonna stomp all over people the entire time you may you may be giving up you know five points ten points like if everybody gave you a zero on your list you possibly could be giving up ten points in that situation but if you won Mm. all of your games that probably doesn't matter Mm, yeah true Um, so that's interesting because i guess you have those weird situations where you have a nice guy who brings a, a dick list Right, but he'd still tick all the other boxes, and maybe you give him a zero on the list, or mm. you know, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's. Um, um, I mean, yeah, it gives you the chance to be a bit more thorough, I guess, with multiple checklists. I don't know. Maybe it kind of depends on your on your local scene. I mean, if right. if it becomes if it becomes like all players just kind of draw, they just tick draw all a line the boxes, and check all the boxes. Draw a line, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Then it, it wouldn't work. It would need to be with people who actually realize that they're they need to right. be the allowed base for to it. everything. Yeah, I um, think as because, a TO, you yeah. probably have to announce it ahead of time. Please go through mm-hmm. this. Don't go, don't do it in front of the person. Don't be like, "Hey, look at what I gave you. Are you going to mm-hmm. give me that?" You know, it would be something that like the player kept track of the whole time, and they they keep mm-hmm. it. And they don't hand it in until the end, and they give it to the TO. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it doesn't. The other player doesn't see it. You don't show it to anybody else. You don't hand it at the end of the game because you always get that end of the game thing where it's like, oh, let's fill out our score sheets with our sports right there on the score sheet, and I have to fill it out in front <laughs> of you. Like that is true. Yeah. You know what because, I mean? It puts uh... it puts social pressure on you to be nice, nicer than you have to be to people. You know. Yeah, and also maybe that's why so many last games end up being the sports vote. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to turn stuff in. Hey, man, you yeah. were my best game. <laughs> Which I can't... Like, the other the other, the other, other side of that is, like, you know, the last game is probably... You're probably matched up closest to your skill level at that point. Because mm-hmm. the final game is always going to be closest represented, representation of yeah, how you did for the tournament. And... Most of the time, for me, I vote for my my best game as far as like what the the cleanest game, most professional game, where it was still fun for me. You know, where it was, mm-hmm. I didn't feel I felt like it was back and forth the whole time. No one had it in the box until the end or something like you know. That's mm-hmm. that for me is my best game. I don't give a shit how many beers you buy me. I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't I don't give a shit how like your jokes you were telling at the table or all that stuff like that. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a super fun guy at that stuff, but like that, but I want to have a, you know, I, I'm voting on the game. I'm not voting on yeah. what you do after, you know, Oh, we played board games the night before and you were super cool to me. I'm going to give you my vote. <laughs> like that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, that's true. So at least it's good that we, that like putting the spotlight on this is good because, uh, it doesn't really matter exactly how which system we use, but when we if we all agree that uh, people that just play tight and like uh, really well, they should get some sort of points too. That at least we come a long way right, from, exactly. from the old system. Um, uh, but I just um, I, I just remembered something which is quite fun because you said uh, like if a player makes jokes, uh, you wouldn't necessarily give him, give him your best. Uh, Sports vote, right? Uh, we we have a, a local player who's, who's really nice. His name is Knut, uh, and he loves to kind of poke you with jokes the entire game. <laughs> it's his thing, <laughs> oh, God. and it's it's very charming, and we all like him. Uh, but what happens is if he meets one of those guys who are like the most competitive amongst our group, they don't appreciate uh, it. <laughs> no, because there was one game where uh, this guy called William, which is our our old uh, champion, sort of he he won the like the national championship twice, and he was top ranked and all that. He was playing against Knut, and it was so priceless to be around because William would never speak. He would very well, yeah, you could say he would practically never speak to you during a game. 
he would be in the zone, like. Oh God! You I know, imagine that table. Yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. So you have you have William just standing in with this kind of iron focus. He's not speaking to anyone. He's just looking at the board state and he's planning his moves. And across the table is this guy, like doing this really <laughs> not very good jokes all the time, <laughs> it's like, like dad jokes. Like, very dry, yeah, yeah, dad jokes. Yeah, dad jokes. That's a perfect way to to uh, describe it. And like puns, like really bad puns all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and William would give zero like feedback, and you would oh think most people and most people would stop right because they would be like, "Oh, I'm getting zero feedback. I'm going to stop." But no, <laughs> Newt just powers on. <laughs> so the people on the table next to them were like, "This is the funniest moment ever because <laughs> it's the yeah this uh, personality clash is is hilarious." <laughs> Oh, we have some guys that are like that, where they'll just they they just would rather not talk, and they just get hyper focused. And then, I mean, we had one guy that would put like a, like headphones in and stuff, and just listen to his headphones while he was playing. We're like, seriously, play what the, what the fuck is going on wow, here? That's like poker. This is or a something. poker tournament. Like... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a bit weird, but at the same time, it, you know, I, I can respect that uh, that they really just want to be. You know, then they're not being unpleasant necessarily, right. but they just want that super focus and right. and uh, and yeah, it, it's it's a bit. I guess it's the extreme end of the scale, but it's still within uh, as, as long as they're being generally nice. Then I guess they they should be allowed. Right. Yeah. And if they play clean as well, you know, yeah, exactly. Be... But I think you have those kind of like check marks or whatever, and then like maybe even like a check mark also for like, did you get to play? Did you, did both players get to finish their turns? You know, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, did, if you did, don't have a clock, yeah, you know what I mean? Because like some places don't like uh, some places out here. They're like, oh, I don't want to do clocks because it changes the game, and it's like, yeah, yeah. but it. Mm, it's fair. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, yeah. probably one of the main things that actually pulled us into the game. Mm-hmm. I like mm. it personally, but uh, there's a yeah. lot of that. Uh, we still get we still get a fair amount of pushback. But for me, I don't give a shit because yeah. I do the master stuff all the time. I've never had a problem finishing on a clock. And yeah, you know, if it is, it's yeah. because the one time I actually ran out of time was versus Capsner at uh, at. Uh, the masters after I'd pretty much tabled his fucking army and, and it's cause I was, I was doing like, you know, dancing with the dice and throwing them at the table <laughs> and making the jokes. I was being the asshole, you know, like, you know, and, and I got called over for a rules question and forgot to pause my clock. And, oh. you know, it's just one of those, one of those things. It's just like, it's, it it, it shouldn't <laughs> happen, but it was just hilarious because I'm sitting there wasting time doing some like, rain dance oh, with my yeah. dice to you know inspire them and That's... then he ends up with one fucking unit left on the table and he's like oh i'm gonna go pick up these tokens and i have one more token than you at 15 <laughs> <laughs> i know i killed two units this game but <laughs> oh. i have a pack of dogs on the table <laughs> uh, that's a bit uh, rough i yeah. guess that's but that highlights a like a key aspect of, of the clock because uh, I mean I'm sure you recall how the clock rules used to be with like mm-hmm. you just lose the game and um, just dice down it's, yeah it makes it the dice less. down is much better uh, but still because I'm like like I just said I mean it was one of the main reasons we started Kings of War because I just loved the idea of a totally fair time allocation with no no one oh, can, yeah. no one can stall out the game mm-hmm. um, 
Warhammer was the worst at that, man. I cannot even tell you how many times where we ran into yeah. stuff where it was just like, hey, you know, if I could have got past turn three. Yeah, <laughs> like... <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've been I've been stalled out uh, before and I've been refereeing events where people stalled and, you know, it just creates so much uh, negative uh yeah, negativity. So the, the idea is, wow, that's, that's so great, uh, like so fair. That really appealed to me. But at the same time, um, I can get why people, I, I assume the people who don't like it maybe think it's like it's too strict. I mean, even even if it just dies down, they feel like it's too strict. Um, Majority of them are just, they're just hard-headed about it to begin with. But if they played, oh, yeah. if they played on the clock, and you even had more time than you even fucking needed, like I've, mm-hmm. I can tell you, a majority of the time, I when when my my turn is over and I'm done with the game, I've got 15 minutes left on my clock or something like that, yeah. you know, at, at least or so. Like I mean, Clash of Kings when I came out for UK, the least amount of time I had on there was like 10. 10 minutes or something like that but at masters mm-hmm. is last year like it I, I will i'll bring up one of the reasons why clocks get some pushback so like if um like so i was playing one of my buddies at masters this year which sucked um uh, and he had drank so much the night before <laughs> it was rashad and he okay. drinks he drank so much the night before and he was on a bad hangover and he was just trying to pound water while he was playing me and he had to go to the bathroom like seven or eight times right <laughs> so we were like we were like the last table finishing up even though both of our clocks we still had time on the clock you know, uh-huh. Chris oh, yeah. Chris was TOing it, and he had to come over and be like, hey, guys, what's going on? And I were like, we legitimately still have time on our clock. I'm like, I'm not going to make him play through his clock because he had to go take a piss. Like, that's that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Well. So you run into that. You run into that kind of situation, too, where it's like, okay, well, what's the most amount of time someone's going to be able to be gone from the table? But that's really comes down to the TO should have 15 <laughs> minutes between each round um, to do scores and do all other stuff like that. Count for, yeah, you know, someone uh, went to buy a beer, people needing to go to the bathroom. I mean, like, you, yeah, you yeah, should I have mean, that, you know. Because that's, that's, that's actually a TO error um, yeah. because uh, people will kind of abuse the clock by by pausing it, by by doing stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, oh, I need, I need to take this phone call or... Uh, you know, I need to go to the right. bathroom. Uh, I'm actually very strict with that. Uh, I'm in my tournaments. Uh, I say if you need to go to the bathroom, you, you gotta go on your own time uh, because you are actually ruining the event. Because uh, if you go, if you do that too much, then like you said, you could end up with time on your clock, both of you, mm-hmm. but the whole tournament is running over the time. Right, <laughs> you know, you yep. you you you've ruined the round time. So uh, I I I always suggest that you should, um, you should have like you said, you need to have space enough. Uh, like, uh, let's say if if, if you you having fifteen minutes each on the clock, but the the round time needs to be like two hours ten or two hours fifteen mm-hmm. to to catch those things. Um, so even if someone does that and they pause the clock a lot, then they will still you, you have those twenty minutes of like dead time to to catch that before the next round starts. Yeah, um, and I don't think I mean I think if you ask a majority of people that are going to be at events like that, 
Hey, are you guys cool with having 20 minutes between each round? I would think a majority of them would be like, yeah, they don't they don't care about waiting for the next thing because that's when they can mm-hmm. go use the bathroom. They can go get yeah. a drink. They can make a phone call. They can talk to people about their game. They can. You know, yeah, there's yeah. all these things they could do. I get I get that TOs want to keep stuff like on a on a time schedule, but mm-hmm. at the same time, all those people are there to hang out with people as it is, yeah. and they want to get that hangout time still. So, yeah, true, I feel like. True. You know, maybe if if you don't rush everybody through, you know, like, hurry, get to the next game, hurry, 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 get to the next game type of thing, it just it creates a better atmosphere, and then you don't have as many yeah, yeah. issues with that. So. Absolutely, absolutely. No, because uh, I always get um, I get surprised when I mean, this is something you learn if you run enough events. But even at the Clash of Kings, they were like they couldn't understand why people were going like over the round time. Mm-hmm. But it was very obvious because the round time was two hours. Right. And, and both players had like 55 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, those 10 minutes, that's no way near enough uh, time nope. to catch. As, as, if you don't tell people to like, don't pause your clocks, if you just let people do uh, the normal thing, which is to pause the clock when someone goes to the toilet. I mean, that's the normal thing to do. It's like it feels like you're being a nice guy, like, oh yeah, I'll just pause this clock for you while while you right. go and take a piss. But they don't realize that it's it's messing with the schedule. So uh, it's definitely something the TO needs to to. Uh, yeah, well, with go, that ten minutes alone, like you're saying, if you go five minutes each extra, right? So it's ten minutes total. Yeah. It can take ten minutes to fill out your sports sheet or your your score sheet after the yeah. after the round because you're figuring out who has what and this and this and then how many points exactly. and then you want attrition on top of that. Fuck! Now we've got to calculate attrition. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. you yeah. know that that could take ten minutes all by itself. You know, Indeed. and then so your opponent um... almost always wants to re re you know relive the the game with you like if i would have done this and here and that blah blah blah. and what do you think (laughs) yeah and you're like stop talking we have to we have to hurry up uh, i mean when's the last time you didn't do that you know what i mean like it's just just, i mean we're all guilty of it but um so it all it all eats time so it's like one of two things you either have to the to either has to be an asshole kind of and say oh won't pause your clock ever like you Mm -hmm. know as a message to everyone or they just have to put in extra space to allow people to do their thing. Which, when you're traveling to a tournament and stuff like that, I, I really, yeah. you know, <laughs> the, it. The second one is probably the best, yeah. Right. It's it's people are there. People people already gave up their time. They have no time schedule. I think they're cool with having twenty minutes yeah. between their rounds. Imagine you know? you're new. You you come like you're you're gonna try a King's War tournament for the first time, and the TO tells you like. You do not get to piss unless you're on the clock. Right. Like, it's ah! yeah. It's not it's not the experience you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. Join your hosts, Jake and Greg, as they cover the world's most exciting fantasy miniature game. Kings of War. On the world most exciting fantasy miniatures podcast unplugged radio talk background miniatures tactics and more that's unplugged radio find us on itunes or on our website unpluggedradio.com just replace the g's 
with threes. And keep counter charging. Counter charge. Counter charge is the first podcast totally dedicated to the game Kings of War. Join your hosts Andrew, Mark, and Rob as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. You can find us on iTunes and at OhioHammer.com. A proud member of the Ohio Hammer Network of Podcasts. Alrighty, so topic is uh, things that uh, we kind of want to, you know, feel that maybe are missing in, you know, from the game right now, or could maybe improve third edition, or you know, what the player base feedback has been for, you know, this is a great game, but you know, yeah. So uh, I just took a huge dump, so I'm ready to talk about this now. <laughs> <laughs> Needed to get that out. He had to get down to business uh, to get down to business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, you know, I'm always coming up with stuff like suggestions that uh, I write on Facebook and stuff like, oh, I want to see this and that, and I, uh, I mostly just get yelled at for like, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't suggest stuff. You should just enjoy the game, and and that's a fair point. I can really understand that. Um, so I was, uh, but at the same time, I see other people in the me, like, like Chris Kaspner and, and, and you, Jeff, you're sometimes also like dropping hints about third edition, um, which makes me believe that, I mean, there's someone working on it. Uh, so I shouldn't, we shouldn't really be afraid to throw our ideas out there because obviously now is the time when the work has started, although maybe... Uh, uh, you don't. I, I'm not sure. I mean, do you do you want people to go into like full, full uh, mind uh, meltdown over third and start right. like this? Uh, like... well, <laughs> I mean, we're always watching. You know, <laughs> when mm. you think we're not watching, we're always watching. Um, I mean, we we talk regularly at least a couple of times a week about oh, do you see this question and how do we mm-hmm. want to handle this or something like that and. Um, you know, just generally everything's pretty easy to answer that kind of stuff when, when we can answer things. Um, but, um, I think, I think that a lot of us are in the same ballpark where, you know, we want to hear what everybody wants the game to be, but you know, we have, we have realistic ideas of ways to make that happen. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the one of the biggest, I think, um, feedbacks that I've personally heard is just that, oh, it, uh, this is and this is probably the biggest feedback from ex Warhammer players is that it it doesn't it, it just lacks the depth and we need more depth to this and this, but for there to be yeah. strategy and it's just like, well, depth and strategy are two different things, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah. um. Yeah, true. There's so, a lot of depth things that we're looking at, but it's one of those things. Like we want to hear what people want. We'll open up. Doesn't mean we're gonna, you know, put that in the game or that this is definitely gonna happen or not gonna happen. It's just, you know, yeah, yeah. people generally change doesn't come about by just sitting there and everybody keeping silent and huffing and puffing over shit. You know, so that's true. But it's kind of a balancing act because I what's really funny is I had, uh, I actually kind of vowed to 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 
slowed down on like the wish listing, <laughs> like mm-hmm. personally, because because uh, and I sometimes need to step back and actually realize how much I like this game. Right, which know? like it's funny because like I will, I still to this day will sit there and go, you know. Is it perfect? No, but it's definitely better than any version of Warhammer I ever played. And I played yeah. a lot of Warhammer and was super into it. So, like, mm-hmm. happy with what it is. And on top of that, when's the last time you ever remember anybody from GW saying, what does the community want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. oh, let me True. fix, let me give you an FAQ on this in seven years. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, like they, right. people had just just actual questions that were legitimately good questions that would take you know three years, uh, which you know yeah. you know the player base would just be like, oh, we're just gonna kind of play it like this because no one wants to answer us. So <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, so we have we have things we we want to suggest and that we can talk about. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, we usually talk a lot about stuff on our podcast, like stuff we would like to see change. So I'm, uh, and I, when you when you told me that we could kind of we could speak about that, this, I asked you, Jeff, like, are you sure? Are you sure <laughs> you want to unleash uh, unleash the beast? Yeah, <laughs> of, I mean, of a wish listing. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan's kind of like uh, the head rc guy and you know he Mm -hmm. said that you know if it generates um if it generates enthusiasm and and people want to talk about it gets people talking and excited for third you know we're we're more than happy to hear suggestions um like i said it doesn't mean that that's gonna come to fruition it just means that like you know we we only have so much capability to think of new stuff that's outside the box that you know makes sense but Mm-hmm. I'd also want to hear, like, you know, and this is this is just a cool topic because it's not just what we're going to say on the podcast, but there's going to be a bunch of people commenting on it. So please, you know, yeah. leave whatever comments you guys want, and we'll we'll you know we will get back to them. You know, we're on Facebook. You can you know talk to us on there. You can talk to us on you know email. You can talk to us on Twitter, all that stuff like that. But leave comments to let us know. Because we we want to hear what you do want, and we also want to hear what you don't want. You know, like I don't want this game to become something where it's AOS and I can summon, you know, four free units and destroy this or this. <laughs> and and you know, like oh, I mean, summoning is just one of those things. It's like a hot topic over there for AOS guys still, and it's like what four years later or some shit like that. It's ridiculous. So, so I'll, uh, I'll delete you know. summoning from my. <laughs> <laughs> It's just one of those things. It's just like you know, it's we want we want to hear what people want, but we also yeah. you know we don't we don't want to we don't want it to be like oh it, this game sucks because it doesn't have that, but we also yeah, don't want it exactly. to be you know because uh, when if if it, when sometimes it gets kind of to the point where people talk so much about it that it almost feels negative, and I don't think we we really want that. So right, um, what I would have done for you today is special for, especially for you is uh, we try to dial it down just a little bit. <laughs> what I've done for you today is a nice New York strip steak, cooked medium <laughs> rare, <laughs> because, with some uh, beans. <laughs> the list we originally had uh, with, between me and Lars, uh, we we brought in uh, Iwin. The, uh, the guy who's been a guest host a couple of times on our podcast. Sure. Uh, if you haven't heard, I win. He. Oh yeah, on... I have. 
Yeah, and, uh, and to everyone else uh, listening, he is on the um, Clash Kings book review. Uh, and the thing which is cool about Iwin is uh, he is kind of, well, at least amongst our, us three, he is the power gamer. Mm. Yeah. So whenever we, well, because me and Lars usually agree on a thing, but then Iwin would say, no, that's, that's crap. Because <laughs> he would see it from a completely different angle. Because uh, maybe we see it just for, for, from the thematic angle. This is kind of what we spoke about earlier. Like, yeah, it kind of reminds us that, yeah, but you right. two are not very good players. So maybe you shouldn't be yeah. the one having the most vocal opinion on yeah. you know, gameplay. Well, that's why would... perspective matters. You know, like, I mean, exactly. Mantic, Mantic may have a perspective of what they want the game to become, but the players may be just like, well, that just isn't good. Yeah. that just doesn't mm-hmm. work for us and we're not interested in that we don't want that you know and yeah. they, they they wouldn't be able to have their finger on the pulse without people talking about it you know yeah so what we've done is we kind of filtered our list in with all three of us working together and uh i have like a, i have 10 points it's like a top 10 things and these things are things that we all three agree on uh, even i win mm. <laughs> which is saying something because when we all three agree on something, then it's it's a pretty it's not very radical. It's it kind becomes of, fact. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> kind of. Because he he kind of because he's always playing on the top table and he's sees it from like the more high end of the competition he's scale. Always winning. He's always mm. eye winning. So yeah, I have ten points that are kind of. Uh, Okay. Unanimous, and then I have uh, six points after that, which are not unanimous. It's like a two out of three, <laughs> and those are the most uh, interesting ones. So I'll... <laughs> let's just get get let's just burn through these ten easy ones first, shall we? Sure. Okay. So and and just before we start, I'd like to repeat that we are mostly very. Uh, happy with the game and the and the game state. Yeah, we're quite conservative, really. It's just that you know some uh, because when me especially when me and Fred talk, you know, if I say some come with an idea, you know, Fred will not shoot it down uh, necessarily, even though we might not agree, but you know, entertain the idea so that you know we can just work on that idea and yeah. you know, and then maybe later we will you know think back and it's like hmm yeah, but is that really a good idea? Right, so exactly. Then, uh, Exactly. And that's the thing. That's why you got to have the conversations because, you know, people always have great ideas and no one can figure – No, and they never get put into fruition because nobody ever talks about them and, you know, balances them out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's the only response you get, like, is shut up. That's a stupid idea. And that doesn't help much either. No, it doesn't help. <laughs> why is it a stupid idea? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yep. Okay, so uh, let's get into the number one. Uh, this feels like an like MTV Top 10 music video or something. <laughs> Number, Number 10. Yeah. <laughs> Number 10 of the top 10 things we feel should be changed in Kings of War. Okay. So oh, the no. first uh, is deployment phase. I have two points, which is just about deployment. So number one is that we would like to see more than one standard of deployment. Uh, and you would have heard me talk about this uh, in the episode where I visited the Ninth Age tournament. Uh, where they did surprise me positively by having like six different deployment setups, which were slightly different, mm-hmm. and it was it was not just the twelve inch line with twenty four across. It was slight differentiations, like uh, attacker defender. They had 
like I had 15 out on the flanks and you only had nine. And um, you basically just rolled the dice when you came to the table and you roll a five. Okay, five, <clears throat> that's the, this kind of deployment. Uh, I think that brought a lot of spice to the game and I don't really see anything, any harm that would cause. Uh, I think it would only create one more cool thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I I know that we do some of our events and stuff out here, uh, locally where we we do have some different deployment setups. And I know that like Chris Kapsner for Lay Lake always has, you know, whatever table you're at has a different type of deployment on it. So the table you go to oh. is deployed in this manner, you know, and he'll have five different ones that he deploys on that. So I just Ooh. think that that's probably something that you will actually end up seeing for third edition it's just one of those things that like it had to grow into mm. a, a, you know, it had to become second edition before you could really yeah. find all of the balance and tweaks and stuff to really get into being like okay now let's add some more depth for this and this and yeah i think that you know there's a lot of stuff already doing that out here and i don't i don't necessarily think that that will you know not find its way into the book i think it'll i think it'll you know you'll see at least a couple suggestions whether you can use them or not but those are mm -hmm. those are main rule book things and because yep. um, it's not really a scenario in that sense like if you were to come up with a scenario and it was going to go into a clash and kings book or something then that scenario could have maybe a different deployment type but as as of right now deployment in the main rule book is this is deployment, mm -hmm. and then you have a separate section, which is these are scenarios. So yeah. I think that, you know, when we're talking about a third edition book, then, you know, that could be something that definitely gets brought up. Yeah, so as you can see, it's a, it's a soft start on our list. Yeah. And uh, not radical at all. Nope, not. <laughs> uh, Already and, being um, done. <laughs> yeah. So, and by the way, all these, all these things we have are, are kind of main rule book changes. We kind of we feel like we've done all we can with like custom scenarios and cards and stuff. And the, right. the stuff that yep. needs fixing now, it's, it's all core rules and, and, and main rulebook stuff, really. Sure. Uh, so, number two, still in the deployment phase. Uh, our suggestion is that individuals should all be deployed at the same time. And you will remember this from Warhammer. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it took yeah. a long time for me to get used to, like, uh, so I put down a guy and you put down a horde? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just that, I mean, most times it's not a problem, but those 50-point guys start kind of racking up. And, yeah. um, and this is not a big deal, but it will also be so little impactful if you just did that. Like, if you just put that in there, I can't really see any harm. Uh yeah, and I'm sick of yeah. seeing like, oh, I've got three flaggets. Okay, now I've got three whizzes. Okay, you've got your whole army down. Now I'll put my stuff down. You know, like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's it feels number gamey. two. Yep. Okay. Um, number three, we have now in entered the move phase. Yeah. Uh, and this is also, uh, the, I know the RC has already started doing this, and this is really. It's the less movement on heavy knights and heavy flyers and reserve the highest speeds for like the lighter kinds of units like light cab and light like non-melee flyers. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, I uh, think... This has I already think, started. Is yeah, the main right. rule book thing right now is the, you know, fly gave something speed 10. And I think that, yeah. you know, 
that was probably more of a carryover from first edition into second, and it didn't maybe need to be carried over in that manner. But now that you know we're getting into nuts and bolts of everything, you know they started mm-hmm. experimenting with it. I guess with um, you know Trident Realms, which was one of the last armies created, which you know has hopping frogs so they're speed six but they have fly right so Mm -hmm. and i think that was more of an experimental thing to see how it would work out and um i think that you know fly is going to become a rule and it's going to be you know your speed value will be your speed but fly will give you the capability to go over stuff or heavy fly or something like Mm -hmm. that so yeah that would be great you know i think that I think that we're getting into where we can finally start seeing some differences between armies, and I'd like to see, you know, more scale between the armies, where, you know, you have, mm-hmm. okay, well, my orc wing slasher is speed, you know, is flying speed 9, but this elf dragon is, you know, flying speed 10 is elven, and it's more, you know, bigger wingspan, moves further, you know, like mm-hmm. you can... You can have those kind of manipulations between it that makes sense for each army where you've got, you know, yeah. flying speed eight units all of a sudden, you know. So Yeah, and as a, as a rule, you should, I mean, we feel that you should have a direct link between, like, the out, uh, like the output, like the melee output and the speed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although that might feel like too much of a formula for some, but it's it feels fair that if you have, the stronger you are, the slower you should be in game mechanics uh, to to balance it out and if you're going to have a higher speed then you should be a bit weaker like fewer attacks or yeah less or glass cannon right like you could be big crushing and fast but you know you die pretty easy you know so yeah yeah or that yeah so balance it out somehow like that yeah so yeah that would be great and um I'm pretty sure we're going to see that. I mean, we already saw some units in the Clash Kings 18 book, like Speed 7, Speed 8 Fly, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, also a pretty uh, non-radical point, I think. Okay, into number four. We are now in the shooting phase, or the shoot phase, is it called? Uh, and this is a kind of a new suggestion, I think. Uh, that is to uh, consider disconnecting the amount of shooting attacks from the attack stat uh, and not be afraid to, uh, to to separate those two um, because uh, some of the units that are sometimes like considered the strongest ones like ogre shooting horde or like elf chariots um, they get critiqued because they're such good at shooting and melee because they, they just use the same attack stat um, but uh, so this is um, uh, I feel like someone should look into this like uh, c- why can't ogre shooters for instance have they can keep their 18 melee attacks but why can't have they a have shoot like value of like 12 or something 12 yeah exactly uh, that's yeah, not a bad idea because mm. uh, um, uh, yeah, the yeah. other way around as well with like light cavalry or whatever you know some of them have like very like a, like yeah. my troops of sniffs like seven attacks and yeah, that's, that's nothing. It uh, feels like Mantic has if 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 they made a unit like that, like a fast cab mm-hmm. with bows, they have been afraid to give them too many attacks because those attacks because the work, shots, yeah, yeah, they become shots and melee. So what they could have done is like five attacks melee, but like ten shots, 
Yeah. yeah, for instance. And it feels like they have a template as well that they're going... I think it's especially obvious on uh, on on large infantry. The regiments are always nine attacks and the horde is 18. Not yeah. always, but, you know, most of the mm-hmm. yeah. most of them are. But then again, you could also add a lot of fun stuff with it too, right? So, like, uh, so like maybe, like, the centaur, the shooting centaurs are, like... They just they just so happen to have shots, but they're nimble and would be good in combat. So maybe they have six mm. shots, but twelve attacks in combat, as opposed yeah. to like yeah. the goblins don't want to get combat and they want to have more shots. So they're going to have ten shots, but five regular attacks. You know, so you exactly. can have, so mm-hmm. they could have the same role in the army, but have different variations because th- that's how they play. That's not a bad mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. could see that it adds more flavor. I think individual flavor to the army too. Yeah, yeah, and like you just said, like some units can have like just a tiny amount of shooting, just for almost like just just for flavor. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they are, they have this sort of uh, super supporting shots that they mm-hmm. can do, but they 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 prefer to go into melee, sort of. Right. So like yeah. throwing weapon stuff, like yeah, throwing weapon cavalry or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Like you may just have like five or six throwing weapons, but when you get into combat, you may have like fourteen attacks or something. You know? Yeah, exactly. And that, I think maybe also that would make it easier to to point them correctly and to balance it correctly. Yeah. But then you can see like, well, what was their impact like out out of combat and in combat and yes, yeah, so. especially if you consider that we already have separate melee and ranged stats. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. if you have six plus melee and but three plus uh, ranged. How do how do they balance that out in second edition? If you have eighteen attacks, yeah, you know, yeah. and you can shoot, it might and... be easier to balance it if you separate them. Yeah, actually, yeah? it's more it's natural, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. as far as I can tell. So yeah, that's uh, that's our suggestion for the for the shoot phase. Yeah, you could even you could probably almost even standardize it where you have uh, shooting values they all start on a four just like magic does or whatever but then you adjust the amount of shots that they get to be you know how many you're gonna have so you're more likely to hit so like let's say you were an elf or whatever and mm-hmm. you had a uh, elf bowman or whatever horde and and they they hit more often but your normal shooting stat would be a four just on all things like so everything automatically starts shooting at a four oh, like a success and then, roll right roll? Mm-hmm. So you already have like because oh. like dead zone and stuff. That's basically how there's how mantic stuff works already. Yeah, so that wasn't too stupid actually. Yeah. So you gain <laughs> extra dice. So like okay, I'm a I'm higher than you. I get plus a dice. I'm a better shot than you. I get you know mm-hmm. I get extra dice. So you you could do something where it's like oh I'm an elf. You know I I my shooting value is I get thirty shots because I'm yeah. better at shooting than you like, are. Yeah, you know? quantity instead yeah. of quality. Yeah, and then you would kind of save a stat in the in the mm-hmm. stat line because you would just say all shooting is four. We all know that, and it's just like a special rules. It would say shooting attacks thirty or any right. number. Yeah, yeah. Take uh, take notes. Take yeah. notes. <laughs> <laughs> just ideas, you know. There's yeah. different ways to go about it. I mean, you could still have a range value, but I mean, if you wanted to, if you wanted to say like, oh, well, we need to keep things simplified for stuff, then it's like, okay, cool. Well, they automatically shoot on fours, and this is how mm-hmm. you know you you're better by having more shots or something. You know, yeah. and then maybe I've elite, always, uh... maybe elite doesn't apply to it, so you don't get to, you know the crazy thing where it's like, oh, I've got thirty yeah, dice yeah. now, and elite is really good for shooting. You know, so that's, yeah, that's a possibility. I always felt it was weird that like an ogre uh, like an ogre shooter horde would have like 18 shots like 
because uh, uh, but it's kind of like my old it's kind of like your lag right. from from Warhammer because you remember how you can only ever fire a single shot in Warhammer mm -hmm. but that's yeah. some it still sticks with me like how can they fire three crossbow bolts each mm -hmm. <laughs> that, like the time they would use to like crank and reload three times yeah so, I think um... see I think like the ogre shooter hordes just in general should have like six six shots and then they have burst damage instead and that would that would be more yeah, represent would, uh, yeah. you know re representative of what they're actually doing in my opinion yeah single shot each kind of yeah like six strong. shots and then mm -hmm. they all do like burst d3 plus one each or you know oh yeah I mean. with the like the blast instead yeah of blast the, yeah that could work that's a nice interesting idea hmm i like it Okay, well, let's go on to the melee phase. And uh, we all feel that, uh, well, of course, this is about phalanx, and this really depends on how phalanx gets like written into the right. mm -hmm. uh, But the way it is right now, we feel like phalanx should have at least a small effect against all enemies, not just versus like Thunder's Charge enemies. Mm -hmm. uh, and this would be like, this is hard on a D6 scale, you know, because if you do like a flat minus one to hit, you can easily say that like that's too oh, powerful. Oh, yeah, that's too good, yeah. Yeah, but it may be like, you know, re-roll sixes to hit or something. Like that would mm -hmm. give you like a small, this roll those again, and you, you'll probably hit, but you might miss a couple more. Uh, uh, remove fury or something like that. Right? Yeah, strip elite or, and vicious or... Fury and stuff like Things yeah. that are combat-oriented uh, abilities. Yeah, something. Yeah. Failings really have to have... get repointed at that point. But yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah I think that's what kind of what we've been we've been messing with Phalanx yeah. for is just because, you know, now we're trying like, oh, well, maybe, you know, now Phalanx actually, in my opinion, Phalanx right now is a really good spot because now that we've said, oh, well, you get to maybe not lose all of your Thunderous Charge. And, and yeah, and this goes better. back to what you were talking about previous where you're like oh i'm so sick of everything having so much crushing all the time and everything is crushing yeah. this and crushing a billion well with phalanx having a you know having it the way it currently is right now you could remove a lot of the crushing and just bring in thunderous charge because you're only losing up to one of those thunderous charge for going through terrain mm. but if you have phalanx then you're removing all the thunderous charge which i think in like a third edition atmosphere if you start seeing lots of crushing strength falling off of units and being replaced by thunderous charge, which could be gotten rid of, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, that's it's, true. Yeah. It's if a delicate happens, balance. Yeah, because it's all like interconnected. So, if of course, if that happened, then phalanx would be in a great spot. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so it's yeah. yeah it's it's uh, it's a work. Really, it's a work in yeah. progress. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so we we can't really like suggest it exact solution right uh, but that uh, it, it has for a long while of course been a bit like it felt like yeah. a waste of points but uh yeah so we don't really need to go but i agree there's uh but i mean you guys brought up previously that everything's got it seems like everything has crushing and i, I was like i agree like there's so much crushing it's ridiculous like mm -hmm. That's why I've started playing an all defense three army. I'm like, who cares if you're gonna pay for all that crushing? I may as well just be defense three. Yeah, it's like uh, waste those points. Go for it, bro. <laughs> yep. Cool. Okay, so our number six in the melee phase still. That is exactly that which you just uh, uh, segued into. That's the like so, uh, re reduce the amount of crushing strength in the game somehow, or put a cap on it, like. Uh, 
uh, you should only ever have if you're infantry then maybe crushing one is it's your top you can never have anymore uh, right. you can have other stuff instead like other special rules maybe create some more special rules uh, and, and even if they get like bane chanter they will still cap on one um it's just to make make to increase the survivability of some units that are supposed to be like super survivable uh instead of them just being like taken out really quick with a like a bane chant boom and item and yeah so um uh yeah it's it's really it's something we've talked about already and maybe it's not not much more i can get out of that topic yeah. right now uh yeah, no, no, no. yeah i mean yes as we already said yeah, there's a lot of crushing and if it's weird if you have defense six you know you're going to be on down on three plus Mm-hmm. Really easy. Yeah, so you know, make make up some other special rules uh, that are give you an edge, but not not that much of an edge. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. I think we're we're gonna get a little bit more capability to really get some more diverse rules added into it. Now that we've got a pretty good baseline for the mm-hmm. game, too, I think it'll be. I think it'll be something everybody will enjoy. I think we, I think we all agree that we want a little bit more versatility and in depth of difference between armies, so it doesn't feel like you know yeah. orcs and and salamanders are the same. We want them to have you know their own unique capabilities oh, yeah. within them and things that separate them and make them different. Because you know, if you have orcs, you're probably not going to buy salamanders. If you have, you know, ratkin, you're probably not going to buy goblins. Like, we want there to be a reason why you would do, mm-hmm. you know, all of the armies. So. True. And that was a great segue into our number seven, which is make units more unique from each other. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Sorry, I keep on I keep on stealing all your thunder right before yeah. you. <laughs> it feels like we are the RC and you're the guy coming up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's great. This means these are pretty good points. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, what are my notes here? Like, yeah, create more rules. Um, maybe create some more keywords. Uh, I have a suggestion here that. Maybe like if you made a keyword that was like, for example, momentum, mm-hmm. um, and if you and if you connected that to a rule like say, elite, and then momentum in like uh, parentheses, uh, that could, that would only work like if you charged and you weren't disordered, like uh, the, the same way thunderous charge works basically. Gotcha. Uh, so if you're you, only elite if you were like non-disordered the turn before or something. Yeah, exactly. So if you or like. Uh, in my mind, it's like if you charge in and you haven't been like damaged, then you get this momentum rule, and you you could connect all kinds of things to that. You could have like brutal momentum, like reroll hits, even momentum, like you know, like the old hatred r- rule used to be, like yeah. only on on the charge sort of, or o- only if you charge and have not been disordered. Um, that's one that's one suggestion. Uh, so you can kind of you can make a lot of special rules. But if you add another keyword to it, you can kind of multiply them all by two because you could apply them um, not all the time, but like situation. Yeah, make them more subtle. Yeah, exactly. So that's 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 the first uh, kind of rule you can make. That's most the the one who looks the most like the current ones. Um, and also, I have an idea that you can also create like stat caps as special rules. Uh, this is a bit more. This needs to be a bit more careful because you might easily go into Warhammer land here. But let's say if, if a unit that is supposed to be very tanky 
has this rule that says like this unit cannot be damaged on better than a three up, for okay. instance. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, then you and... could represent stuff without having a bunch of defense six stuff on top of that, though. Is like you know. Yeah, exactly. You could still uh, um, hurt your defense five stuff equally as good, you know, until you get down to like, oh, you know, I I always need at least a two, mm-hmm. you know, at least yeah, a three so, or whatever. Yeah, and the, and the, um, that's also a way to give units like a special a special kind of flavor. Uh, yeah, and you can give. Uh, you, remember how poison used to work? Like, right? Yeah, uh, you could give it. So so units which were kind of weak and they didn't really have a lot of strength, they could have like a rule. That it was called like I don't know poison or sharp or something that said mm-hmm. they always damage on the five kind of like the um, that item you know mm-hmm. the hammer, hammer measure yeah, force where it's on fours like that just for fives mm-hmm. uh, and of course what you need to make sure is that these are written in a way that they never actually collide then you get mm. those FAQ moments like which one right. takes precedence so you need to make sure that they never actually overlap like completely. yeah that's, a, <laughs> that's pretty delicate situations and stuff so you have to yeah. kind of be really careful in that and, th- and that really mm-hmm. just comes out to shaking out like what happens with the rest of the rules on how you know, mm-hmm. on whether something that makes sense or not so yeah so but if you make them if you don't exaggerate them then you can easily make it so that they never actually overlap uh they only overlap if you go like if you do like always damage on the four plus and another mm-hmm. one has you never get damaged on like worse than the <laughs> right. Yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and, and so, some of these things. Um, I I win has a good uh, had a good point. It was that, uh, for instance, cavalry like regular cavalry. If you compare them to large cavalry, there's not a lot of stuff actually separating them. Like yeah. Uh, like there's not a lot telling you that this is a regular cab, but this is large cab because the only difference is like the stats. But mm. so he was thinking like, well, large... and, and footprint and height and stuff like that, which comes into yeah. play for. Yeah, that's true. But uh, he was thinking more Sight. like direct, uh, like special rules. So maybe like large, all large cab units should have this one special rule that they all have, kind of like stomp, you know. Uh, right. just, that gives them that sort of flavor like oh yeah th- they have that rule because they are large cab so it kind of sets them apart from just not pure stat but actually with a like a direct effect as well sure um, like maybe can't maybe they maybe they can't be disordered unless you have a certain amount of wounds put on them or something, something like that, like that. Like, you know, yeah more... so you would you would when you, when you pick them you would you would you can think like oh yeah these give me this ability like because mm. they're extra tanky like that or like you just said mm-hmm. jeff they, they they don't get disordered it's easy so I'll, I'll take them to be like my anchor uh, you know not just for damage output but for like for other reasons like defensive reasons or or stuff like that yeah because so... right now they're just offensive but maybe you want to have like maybe you want to have like uh the um what are they called grotesques maybe you want grotesques instead of you know being super offensive and having to be mm-hmm. represented that way maybe they don't have very many attacks but they you know they can be tankier in some way or you know yeah. they can bounce back or they can you know yeah something it's again just, that, uh, that comes yeah. into where like you can get like that taunt rule or something like that where like oh mm-hmm. you have to can't you have to counter charge them if or do nothing you know yeah so um so that's uh 
really also uh, we've been through uh, i feel like we agreed uh, from the get-go on this one as well <laughs> like make make try to like you said like make orcs feel different from salamanders somehow and um and yeah. if that means a little more special rules then so be it i mean we can we can we can manage a couple of extra rules and an extra maybe some extra like in-game effects like now we just have basically wavered and disordered mm-hmm. if you introduce the third one you know or a fourth one it wouldn't, wouldn't really matter that much as long as you try and you, you can't make it into like token hell <laughs> right yeah so there's a yeah. fine line but but i yeah. think the i mean i think that you know if we if we get a chance and we can make each army have its own army-wide special rule that isn't available to anybody else like it's something that's only going to be you know an mm-hmm. army-wide special rule or an item to be able to purchase for like a unit or something i think yeah, if we can yeah. figure out ways to do it that way and then it has a unique feel to it so like oh i i have salamanders you know and I know your forces nature has salamanders in it, but they don't have this, you know, lava skin or mm. whatever, you know, where yeah, where yeah. all of my salamanders have this regen six plus or something and your salamanders don't because yours are mm-hmm. yours gave up being cool salamanders to become forces of nature. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, true. Yeah. Where where, you know, you have you have a lot of units that can cross over that are between the two different armies or something. But there's a reason to take them within what they are. So, like, ensnarers and mm-hmm. the, you know, Trident Realms versus ensnarers and Forces of Nature. Again, you know, having that army-wide special rule that is only going to be for that army and have give it its own ind- individual feel brings in yeah. new combinations and new reasons, you know, to use them. But I think that we've already got a pretty good direction on some of that stuff. And yeah. it's uh, it, it's just really, you know, ironing out the nuts and bolts on it, I think. Yeah, and uh, Lars has a very important uh, caveat for this to be for him to agree with this. <laughs> and do you want to mention that? Yeah, but I mean, my biggest fear is, of course, that you know, King's War will turn into some sort of uh, you know, warmer or mm-hmm. some sort. So I mean, I, I like special rules. I think again, plenty of special rules. But I wish global. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like if they were all like global. It doesn't mean that uh, you can't have army special rules, but they will also be available in like the main. So the- theoretically, it will, they will be more like a keyword, right? Right. Uh, so so uh, so at so maybe you know even though the, that keyword is like only for one army, uh, at least it's available there for. Uh, you know, so it balances right. in with every other special rule. So it's like it's not because in Warhammer, you you know, if you remember, Warriors, oh, I know, it get, you got so whatever. many. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yes, you know, so they had the rules in the you know the rule book, special rules and stuff, and they Definitely. clashed with them. You know, uh-huh. So mm-hmm. so we, so I like to have them all like listed in the rule yeah. book, so we, we make sure that they're all balanced uh, mm-hmm. with each other, sort of. Yeah, yeah and then the other thing is, is also we have to have this be something to where the whole point of Kings of War is that it the, it's easy to pick up and learn, but hard mm. to master and play. So it's one of those things like it still has to be one of those things where someone can quickly find the rule and know what it means, you know, without getting yeah. into having 65, you know, unique rules that people have to know and, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, it's all a balance. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. So like uh, 
keep it away from devolving completely into Warhammer State. But, uh, <laughs> other than that, we're, we're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we would love to see more of that. All right. So uh, number eight is about uh, magical artifacts. And uh, this is something where we know it's, it's probably not easy to achieve, but it's still something we, we wish would, would, would uh, be a thing. And that is that uh, magical artifacts would ideally cost different points for different size units. Um, uh, and if that's not possible for like technical reasons or just for reasons of it being too, you know, yeah, the, too house, much the housekeeping work. on that is a lot yeah. of work. If yeah. that's not possible, then at least have more limits written into the rules of items. Like, uh, like some are now heroes only, mm-hmm. uh, and you could uh, we would wish to expand on that and go right in like only for non hordes or only yeah. for infantry. You yeah, know, we pretty so. much already started doing some of that. So, yeah. like, you know, the Brunei Bruikininus, we brought that back, and some of the heroes, um, you know, the defense uh, stuff was, yeah. you know, only on individuals, only, you know, maximum this, you mm-hmm. know. So, I think you'll, I think you'll probably end up seeing more of that um, when we come into it. Anyway, I think that that's probably already something that's mm-hmm. probably that's already agreed on by majority of everyone. Right. And our number nine is to remove the Pathfinder item or make it infantry only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or limit it in some way. Yeah. I think you'll probably see infantry getting some buffs in third edition to where it just makes them have a different role, have have a role in the army, you know. And I think mm-hmm. I think that it, they won't need that, like, anything specific on an item or anything. But... Um, Hmm. Yeah, I could see, I could see that. Um, That's uh, and now the number ten of our ten point list, which is Lars's by far uh, biggest pet peeve, <laughs> and that is individuals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, if you bo- if we boil it down without going too far out on like diverging on to any side, it's uh, it's to reduce power or flexibility of like most individuals or at least many of them uh, it basically means that we if we feel like every individual shouldn't if well if they still work like they do now of course with the free pivot and all that they shouldn't be like if, if they get a free pivot they shouldn't be really powerful in melee and vice versa like if you if you get a free pivot then you should be like supporting like you're a, mm. a spellcaster or a inspiring source and if you are a fighter if, if you have eight attacks and crushing two you should be less mobile it's kind of the same balancing act as we feel which is being done with the flyers and this high speed um if you're yeah. super powerful you should have less speed that's how, how we feel and hope individuals will also be uh, reviewed yeah i think i think short of a couple outliers they're fine it's just one of those things it's like like when you've got eight attacks on an individual, it becomes kind of just fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, I think five or six attacks on an individual should be somewhere pretty close to a cap, and if so, then yeah. you know they have to be pointed properly. And I think there's going to be some stuff that's going to get repointed um, um, to to change its function in there. But I don't I don't think that's mm-hmm. that far off. I think that some of the living legend stuff, you know, became, you know, a little bit more powerful than it needed to be. 
um, as far as an individual goes. I don't think that Basusu should be flying around doing as much damage or doing as many attacks as, you know, uh, 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 Abyssal Dwarf Lord on a dragon. You know, it just doesn't make sense (laughs) to me. So, yeah, so it's just that I mean, if the it's it's cool to have them. I, I I think it's a right that they're quick and agile and all that. And I love to be able to like put it put one damage on a flying unit just to ground it and all that. But I don't like the part where you can send it in and just kill units <laughs> on its yeah. own. Well, yeah. uh, individuals, I think are. Uh, without giving away too much, I think that we've already started looking at them for third edition, and it's gonna be. Really, I, I think people are going to receive it really well, and we've got some new stuff coming up to change their roles. And I yeah. think that I think that it's going to add another layer to the game without it just being like, "Hey, here's a guy that's basically a unit by himself, and he's holding up this entire this or that." You know, it's mm-hmm. um, that's cool. Yeah, I, I think that they need a place because you want to be like, "Oh, you know, like you want to have that moment where it's like, oh my god, look at look 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 at our leader, look what he does, and look at him kick." that you know whole unit's ass and it's like that epic moment right you people want to have that feel to stuff and have that availability but at the same time right now like they don't score any scenarios right so like they don't mm-hmm. ever double or triple attacks they will they're only ever going to have those amount of attacks but also we've moved into this area where pretty much everybody's playing scenario play and having mm-hmm. an individual you're spending a significant amount of points on them for something that is never going to score um so you know you put two individuals yeah. down and you may be talking you know over 300 points for two guys that are never going to be able to contribute to capturing um any of the objectives mm-hmm. so it's balancing out a little bit there. I get I get the whole like uh throwing a guy into a unit and then having that unit sit there for three turns trying to kill it. Um my my yeah. thing would be that um you know you'd have to have I I thought about something like that where like if you have a horde like you throw that dude into a horde size of something that horde is you know and he's fight the horde is fighting the individual that they should get a bonus to hitting that individual if he's the only thing in combat and there's no other units in there, then yeah. they should be able to swarm over that guy so so quickly that he just completely overpowered. There's no way that you know a guy is going to hold up versus 30, <laughs> 40 models for a turn and just exactly. be like, yeah. you know, so maybe they get you know the plus one to hit versus some, you know, the you know to, to <laughs> sing, or or they re-roll ones to hit or something because they're going to hit more easily or you know something yeah, along um, those lines to make yeah, it like exactly. this is. I mean, you shouldn't have an individual that's got the capability to hold up, you know, a three hundred point horde for two turns, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's the those are the things we've been trying to fix with like house rules. Like you know, we tried plus one to hit, and it people felt it was a bit too strong. And now we're down to like, okay, you're brutal against them if, mm-hmm. if you're a regiment or or larger. But that feels a bit too weak. So I think the problem is just in its survivability in itself. Um, but if as long as they get scaled down a little bit, uh, 
Uh, I think the individuals are going to have go through quite a bit of changes for, yeah. and then when we get into doing play testing and stuff like that, I think that you know individuals are one of those spots that I think a lot of people agree on are are in a weird position right now. But yeah. you could could have more versatility to them. You could have some weaker individuals <clears throat> that maybe don't have to. You don't have to pay for unlocks or something like. It could be an mm-hmm. individual, but it can be an individual. You know, regular unit choice you could just take them you don't have to have a hero unlock to get in it could be like a little regular like your crusher for orcs like why does that need a hero slot oh yeah that's true yeah so the weakest ones could be yeah okay i see what you're you know what i'm saying or something yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it does and that was a good example because the crusher is one of those new ones which i feel is really really well made uh, only three attacks and the quite low nerve, so he, he he can do like he can do a little bit, but he'll easily go down if you if you catch him, sort of. Right. Uh, but really then you also run into ones. that situation where everybody's like, "Oh, I need to have allies in order to take gargoyle, so I can have this chap thing." No, you have a crusher. Use use them. Use more crushers, and they don't take you know unlocks to do it. You know, you could use it yeah. as a as a you know irregular unit, just just like a regular irregular unit. You know. Hmm. Yeah, that could work. Well, uh, at least I'm. I'm glad to hear that something is being thought about at least, uh, uh, because and I think you can only really change it with a proper addition change. Right. Because, yeah. Um, There's so much stuff that we're bound right now. That yeah. You just you you got to kind of see it through and yeah then, exactly. You know. Because yeah. it becomes when when we when I in my tournaments say like oh we have like plus one to 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 damage and hit individuals. Then some guy would say, but I paid like 300 points for Lady right. Alona. Exactly. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, what am I to say to that guy, you know? Like, should <laughs> yeah, I ban well, Lady and Alona? And you're going to have a plus one to hit his, uh, you know, Abyssal Dwarf, you know, f- flame launcher because it's a weapon, it's a war machine that has an individual. And now you're going to have plus ones to hit that, and that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? So Yeah. So it's always something that kind of, oh, yeah, that would right. work, but uh, this thing kind of stops. So it, um, I mean, yeah, so, uh, but in our ideal world, uh, the individuals would be more like either supporting or fighting and, and not the, not maybe not uh, hitting all those roles. Like, imagine like a talent tree, if this was like a, like a computer game, it's like you're an individual, which path do you want to take? Are you right. a melee or a support mm-hmm. or a spellcaster? And, and you could go from there, sort of. <laughs> that would be a bit cool. Um... Yeah. Anything more rage to have or on individuals or No, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I mean, uh, we should probably mention that it's not on in our list, but obviously for third edition, some repointing yeah. uh, will probably be. Oh, there's nice. gonna be there's <laughs> gonna be so much repointing. It's gonna be. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, is like, I mean, you know, we weren't changing up units and everything you weren't allowed to change the point values because they don't want to reprint reprint a new rule book or this or this right so Uh, it's one of those things it's like okay well we have to give them different abilities to make them balance or this and this and i think that you know now we can really sit back and be like where do these units belong and what what roles are they going to play and put them in the right points and i mean there's mm-hmm. just there's a lot of stuff that's going mean, to there's definitely going to be i can tell you right now almost everything is going to get repointed <laughs> so that's cool um, yeah so that was the 10 uh, like non dramatic points from us 
Sweet. Um, and we have six more that are, uh, yeah, not those. They were not unanimous. Probably because that power gamer I win ruined it for us or something. <laughs> power gamers. Yeah. So um, I should probably drop the first one because that's about corkscrews. And <laughs> <Okay. laughs> we we yeah we already about that. that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and my suggestion here was very similar to yours, Jeff. Like uh, some kind of rule that that maybe forces you to only count to charge in certain situations. Uh, my suggestion was that uh, if you get uh, damaged or disordered, um, you can only count a charge unless you succeed on like a four plus. You want to declare yeah, a new charge, like a headstrong. Yeah. Yeah. So you you can still corkscrew because, it, like I said previously, it's just so hard to get it out of the game because of the mechanics. Mm-hmm. But you you could impose some sort of like, oh yeah, you can do that corkscrew, but. You know, yeah. because they are, uh, they just took a punch in the face. They have to make a four plus dice off first. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I was to... thinking, like a taunt or intimidate or whatever, and then you get to yeah. like four plus it to shake it off or something, mm-hmm. you know. And then it would also help against, because uh, you know, if you get charged in the flank, let's say if you're going towards, uh, yeah, you're going somewhere, you get charged in the flank, and cur- in the current rules, there's nothing to stop you from just, you know, ignoring those guys who just slammed into your flank and just, yeah, I'll just shake you off and just keep running. Yep. Um, uh, but this would also mean like, oh, you, you actually need a four plus to shake those guys off, and keep, you know, maybe you get forced to turn around and deal with that problem mm-hmm. instead of just running off. So, yeah, that was my kind of only concrete suggestion about it. Uh, I don't think you can remove it completely, but put some kind of patch on it. Uh, maybe only it's the only thing you can do. Yeah. Okay. So number two on our. Uh, uh, I don't know what to, our split decision list. <laughs> um, this is uh, from well, mostly from me, I guess, and it's a bit contentious. It's uh, like when you count, you know, Jeff. When you let's say you get double charged, uh, and you, your unit now has two enemies, and they're split like on the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you then elect to counter charge, you are forced to slide right, either yeah. left or right, and then they get a flank. If you you know if if they you survive, don't blow them up. Yep. yeah. So I feel like when counter charging, maybe it should be possible to just elect to not slide. Uh, you select one target and you just push it that one inch straight forward, and you don't slide, and then you can just continue that like the same board state, because it feels like counter charging. It's like it's like a trick sometimes. You get forced into yeah. those situations. It's one and of those things like, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's a mechanic in the game, and now it's, like, hard to get around. I guess the only yeah. thing right now is just, like, don't countercharge, know that the unit's going to die eventually, and mm. just yeah. hold it up another turn or something and set up for it, but... Yeah, and it just yeah. feels a bit weird, too, like, the best yeah. is to just do nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it, I don't have a solution, really. It's yeah, just, uh, that's it's a rough a one. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just something yeah, I... because it crashed with uh, you know with right. other charge. It clashes rules. with if, everything. Uh, yeah, if someone yeah. else wants to charge in, uh, major mechanic uh, to change. <laughs> yeah, the 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 best way I think that you can deal with it currently is uh, you know again if if individual change and you get something like that cheap one, you run can literally go there, yeah. running them next to him so you don't have to slide over and then you just you know counter charge that way you know. That's true. Like they used like the. Individual 
with troop a, or a troop or an individual, you like know, like you guide it in. Yeah, yep. <laughs> like a bump stop. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so uh, you have one of those support individuals that we talked about. Yeah, he can <laughs> run. Them. That's his job, basically. Just, Maybe uh... like a god speaker, uh, mount yeah. a god speaker to cast uh, Soldrain into combat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's a bit. That's a tricky one, and it's not a big deal, really. But uh, okay. Uh, shoot face. Uh, Iwin has suggested uh, more spells and more variation of spells. And yeah, I we, have, we, uh, we can go ahead and pass on that one. <laughs> okay, yeah. that, that's already that's yeah. already in the works, and I don't, I don't really want to yeah, go assume. into it. So, so yeah, so a good good one for Iwin. <laughs> um, okay, here's one. Uh, maybe consider. Uh, I saw a guy write this on Facebook, and he didn't really get a lot of uh, replies other than the normal "no, everything is fine" kind of right, replies. Right. Yeah. And that was the super to, helpful ones. Yep, yeah, that was to um, give the players who like to use a lot of war engines. Um, they often get like disappointed because they just the war engines are kind of bad. You know, they're hit on fives, and whenever there's a stealthy or a cover, it's like a six, and it, it rarely yeah. hit. Uh, maybe consider giving war giving war engines that kind of short range shot. But balance it out by making that shot less, uh, make less damage. Uh, like, like the fluff reason would be that they, that they, um, that they, they, they load the cannon up with some sort of a scatter shot or grape shot mm -hmm. instead of the normal. Hit cannon more roll. often, but less damage. Exactly. Yeah. So either automatically, like, okay, I'm going to shoot my cannon here. What's the range? And if it's if it's over 24 inches, then it's like. Normal shot. If it's less, then it's automatically easier to hit, but also weaker. Uh, yeah. It's just a, that's just a suggestion. Yeah. For us, it's no big deal because we don't use a lot of shooting. Right. Uh, yeah. And... None of my armies have war machines. Yeah. So. But I have uh... actually heard people say like, I, I brought my friend into Kings of War. He, he brought his cannons, and he was really disappointed. It was like it's like <laughs> sad stories that uh, you know. They quit yeah. again because they were too bad, and we don't want to make them too powerful, of course. Right, right, right. But it's also it's, they're bad because only one dies. But maybe, not, but we, if you hit, they're very good. But uh, I feel like more exciting. I think I think that's the problem. They're not exciting. You roll one die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, with a cannon. But maybe if there it were actually three die dice that you rolled for a cannon, uh, that it was less powerful or something like that. Yeah, they make it a bit more exciting. I think there's going to be more variation in War Machines next go around. I just think that they got they were they were really powerful in first, and then they really yeah. had to swing it back the other way. And now I think that you know we'll probably end up with some kind of middle ground with some more variation between them because I'm kind of sick of everything being like, oh, we're only going to take the indirect stuff because of this or this. Like I want to, I want to see cannons on the table, and no one takes a cannon because they fucking suck, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, I think there'll be more variation that comes into that. But again, it's just one of those things that like couldn't really happen because you can't rewrite the rules mid midway through. And yeah. there was only so many people doing play tests back then, so you only had such a, a specific player base in order to get feedback from and i think that hmm. you know kings of war has grown substantially from you know when play test for second edition was happening and i think that oh, yeah. feed feedback is a good thing that's why we're having these conversations you know so mm -hmm. cool so the, the the third point in the shoot phase is about uh, about the nerve check like uh, how easy it is to 
to route people with shooting. Yeah. And uh, I, I, maybe you see this because I, I wrote it on. Yeah, uh, we already uh, talked about that, like maybe the 2D3 and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's so. I can't mm-hmm. go into detail about that, but we're already. I mean, you know, there, there's there's thought processes in behind yeah. that already. But. That's good. So at least the premise is quite easy. It's just that uh, mm-hmm. I feel like shooting should be more more supporting. You 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 like you rack up wounds, you plunk right. them in, and you I will soften say up your enemy. It's it's a delicate balance though, right? Because you also yeah. don't want shooting to be so bad that no one wants to take it. So it's one of those things that's. You know, it's it's gotta it's gotta have yin and yang to it. So I think that mm-hmm. you know maybe you could change how the nerve roll works again, like you said. Um, you could change, you know, how how units respond to shooting for nerve tests. You could change, you know, defense for it. You could change, you could change all kinds of different ways about it. But it's it's gotta work so that people still want to be able to you know play the army they want to play. Yeah, sure, and. Um... But sort of the I see people suggesting like real really radical stuff like all shooting should be irregular you know and stuff oh, like that. Oh yeah, that's and just... and and this is uh, a way softer yeah. suggestion than that. Oh yeah, this would still allow you to do to play people whatever are... you like. This is crazy. I was like, oh, okay, so you can't... what if you were actually like a dwarf gunline hold? Like, like what if like you mm-hmm. don't think a bunch of dwarves would be in line with guns at their keep that like. <laughs> I, I yeah. to tell people that they can't play things that they want to play. I mean, that exactly. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm leaning towards like uh, let shooting be like don't nerf it too hard. Right. Uh, it can still be easy to like create wounds and uh, but yeah, maybe like two D three or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So and... they can and and the wounds don't really go anywhere. I mean, uh, of course, unless you have an insane amount of heal, the, the wounds will still be there and it will be. Over time, you will route those units, uh, but it, you, would, you would route them even quicker if you finished it with like charge and right. did it in melee. That's that's really the the idea. And the reason this is in our uh, like not unanimous section is because Iwin plays shooting elves, so of course, <laughs> right? Yeah, he doesn't love this idea. <laughs> he would prefer it if his bolt throwers and master hunters and shooting horde yeah. could just stand at the distance and crazy uh, weird. And, yeah, see, there's another way you could do it, too. It's just, like, you could have, like, nerve floors, right, for shooting. So, like, uh, you know, if, let's say you did, like, 35 damage to a unit or whatever. doesn't matter what it is. Like, whatever. You, you did a shit ton of damage to a unit, but mm-hmm. you can never route a unit unless you roll higher than, like, a 6, you know? So it had to be a 7-plus to route it, you know? But you could still get, you know, you could still waver yeah. you know, whatever its normal waver value is or something like that or like even if the nerve value even mm-hmm. if the nerve floor was like a four or something like that right like okay yeah, so yeah. snake eyes a three or a four your unit will still be there you may have got wavered but it'll still be there you know mm-hmm. and then that also brings into where inspiring has a has even more prevalence because you want them to have two chances to roll a four under you know so mm, yeah 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 something like that so uh, the exact solution is not really important, but just the idea is. Uh, right. I like the idea of like softening up and then finishing off with a charge. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and uh, the last one that uh, well, this used to be a thing we all agreed on, but I've softened up in my uh, my old age. I think <laughs> it's about the removing double ones and double six rules, uh, which has been quite 
prevalent in Oslo and the Norwegian community because uh, we we play usually we play without the double one rule. It's kind of our standard on all tournaments yeah. now. Yeah, you it's been for a while. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think people just got used to it and they really they never really missed it. But I yeah. I also know that you know it will never go away from the main rules. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was just gonna say, I'm like, yeah. it's not going anywhere. So <laughs> I, I can just tell you, it's it's yeah. it gets brought up often enough. It's 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 not gonna happen. After yeah. I heard Ronnie Renton on an interview saying like, yeah, we love to like every unit should have a chance for a comeback. That's why we have the double ones in Kings of War. When I heard that, I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop fighting. <laughs> yeah, well, and see, for me, the thing is, like, the double ones, like, as much as I roll them versus people, like, it adds, it, like, people want some randomness. There's some randomness right there. But on top of that, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily lose you the game. I've I've still won plenty. I've, I've rolled five double ones in one game and still won the game. <laughs> like, yeah, true. Um, but for me, the devil sixes is the crazy part is that people like for me getting auto wavered after taking one damage is way worse, like <laughs> way worse. And everybody is always worried about double ones. I, I'm like, I want to play a fearless army. So I don't have to worry about this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Well, at least you're not that guy on the Kings of War fanatics who had played now for like a year with the double sixes auto routed. Oh god! <laughs> and the people were like, uh, dude, it's auto wavered. He was like, oh no, I'm playing, be playing wrong all this time. Oh, <laughs> oh dead. Oh, reading is hard. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you realize it, Fred, but we have we're on a timer now, six yeah, minutes. My laptop is telling me that it's gonna restart in six minutes. Oh, but we are we're done. So I'm done with my list. So <laughs> this, uh, that might actually be a good fit. Right. Yeah. Should we just wait for it to time out and yeah. <laughs> make an event out of it? Yeah. Be a ticking time bomb. Well, sweet. Yeah, well, it's good. So, uh, it's good yeah. talking to you guys about all this stuff, and I mean, going over those points. It's one of the, we we hadn't done an episode for a while, and I figured that it's gonna be a little bit longer for Ryan can get back on stuff too. But uh, so yeah. it's good to have these little offshoots where you know we get to talk to other people and get different perspectives. So yeah, it was fun and it, yeah. it was really cool because because uh, I wasn't really going for this. You know, I was just kind of hey Jeff, what's up? You know, I haven't heard a podcast episode from you guys in a long time, and you kind of counted but like, hey, why don't we do one? Yeah, and I was like, okay, cool, but I was, that wasn't really my my suggestion, but it was a very good solution to the problem. Well, yeah, you get you get you get different perspectives, and you get away from you know the everyday same same thing on top of it, and I mean, so, some of the some of the best stuff you get uh, comments on is you know getting feedback from from different formats. So, yeah, absolutely. No, that was cool, and thanks for letting us uh, like upload our uh, <laughs> our wish list uh, yeah and uh i'm sure i should uh, say hello from i win he's not here now he's on the fishing boat <laughs> he's busy i winning no uh, he's far to the north doing fishing or something he's on his holiday now yeah i've been sending some photos of like blood and feet and i mean it's like from I mean, he's literally out in his fishing boat yeah, yeah. Uh, the blood obviously from the fish i assume yeah. oh okay still, it's yeah. grotesque. i was gonna say you gotta watch out a shark <laughs> <laughs> yeah he is the shark yeah he's up there being nice. a shark that's what he does yeah. his vacation time yeah. 